The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Cadillac. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Talking to you on this very microphone, and you are hearing me on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we are on 1250 at 930. We are online, pr927fm.com. And what else are we on currently? <laughs> it's so never we're, we're, a good sign when the big dog's here when he's not supposed to be here. So the YouTube is on. We are on YouTube. You can find um, us there, Pirate Radio TV. We are working on Facebook. We are working on a Facebook. Facebook. Facebook could down. still be having issues. Okay. It could not all be back yet. So. Uh, we're trying to get all the way back, uh, but right now you can check us out on YouTube and find us there. Pirate Radio TV, some uh, great stuff on our YouTube page, including Mike Houston's press conference from today. And uh, you'll be able to see and hear the interviews with Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell on Wednesday. Some Pirate Player interviews as well. It's all there for you on our YouTube page, Pirate Radio TV. And hopefully we'll be up on Facebook soon as well. All right, coming up on today's program, we will continue to recap some of East Carolina Tulane, but also start to look ahead to what's coming up this Saturday when you win, it just sets up more big games, more important games, and another one coming up for East Carolina this Saturday on the road at UCF. Starts to look more like a winnable game when uh, the Pirates win and when you see what happened to UCF last week against Navy. We'll talk about it with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, later on this hour, who loves the Pirates this week. I think it's more about hating UCF than loving the Pirates, but either way, Jeff Nadeau, uh, likes East Carolina. He'll talk about it with us coming up uh, later on in this hour. We'll also hear Mike Houston and what he had to say in his own words today at the weekly press conference. We got some Mike Houston cuts to run in about 15, 20 minutes. That's hour one. Hour two, we'll hear from the play-by-play voice of the UCF Knights. Mark Daniels will join us on the Fixed NC Live line. We'll ask him what happened to the Knights last week against Navy. We'll talk about the quarterback situation with Dylan Gabriel out and how they uh, will try to rebound against East Carolina coming up on Saturday. And the second hour, we'll talk some postseason baseball. We'll mix in some Pirate football talk, too, because Malcolm Gray will be our guest from East Carolina. And, of course, uh, Malcolm Gray 
helps out Tom McClellan with ECU football media relations. He's also the go-to guy for ECU baseball. So maybe a little fall ball chat with East Carolina, some MLB playoff talk. He's a Red Sox fan. They play the Yankees tonight in the American League wild card winner take all game. So we'll discuss it all with Malcolm Gray in hour two, hour uh, three, actually tail end of hour two, heading into hour number three. We'll talk to Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors. Yeah, we'll talk, of course, all things ECU. We'll uh, give out some college football picks. Also, I, I'm thinking maybe we should extend this to next week. Steve and I go and I go through every ECU basketball game once the uh, schedule is released and do our uh, season-long predictions. Maybe we should save that for the bye week. Uh, I'll see how I goes feeling if he wants to knock it out today or talk about it next week. So uh, we might do some ECU hoops predictions on the show today as well. All that and more on the way. Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt's here somewhere. The big dog trying to figure out our technical issues with Facebook. We got intern making. We're back on Facebook, Bubba. We are back 100% on Facebook. So you can chime in there and give us your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, birthdays, anniversaries, everything in between. Uh, Intern making, intern Jalen here as well. So we are locked and loaded. And as I click on the video it says sorry something went wrong we're working on getting this fixed so hell i don't know i'm just gonna keep talking all right uh let's get to today's rundown and we will start with the line on east carolina and ucf and that line is at 10 talked about it with ellerby yesterday i would have put it out at around eight ucf minus eight um you'll hear jeff nadu coming up in a a little bit he thinks the line is astoundingly high in the favor of ucf so ucf should be favored against east carolina at home i think we'd all agree on that by how much is the question and right now that line is sitting at 10 and the pirates got some momentum can they prepare this week the way they prepared for Tulane and put it out on the field that remains uh, to be seen but right now uh, that line has already dropped uh, some, so you got some people that jumped in early on the Pirates, and uh, for good reason, the way they played last week and, of course, the way the Knights uh, looked when they lost to Navy. Um, all right, along with this game, we'll see. We'll talk to touchdown Tony Collins on Thursday. He is our Mr. Guarantee, but we didn't have to wait for Tony Collins. Tony's already – he's like two busted guarantees in the hole, but he's already nailed two guarantees this year. He's just throwing them out willy-nilly the way uh, tony collins does but we have another guarantee already out there and i have seen this on social media but i have yet to even listen to this cut so i'm going to be hearing it for the first time like some of you are uh cam good is a ucf player what position this guy play he's the o-line d-line say that one more time i think he's defensive tackle a defensive tackle I got to say, I love his Twitter handle at Cam Bam Bigelow, a reference to the old uh, wrestler Bam Bam Bigelow. So he's got that going for him. But uh, he was talking to the media on Monday, and did he throw out a guarantee for this game for UCF? Let's hear the, uh, the cut, Shirley, from Cam Good, UCF defensive tackle. Uh, I'm excited. I know the bounce house is going to be bouncing this weekend. Um, I know... I know the energy is going to be there, you know. They're excited to see us win, and I'm guaranteeing we're going to bring that to the fans. 
all right there it is uh the bounce house will be bouncing according to cam good and they want to see the knights win and he's guaranteeing that uh that they will bring that win to the ucf fans that doesn't mean anything at all i think he needs to guarantee if the bounce house will be bouncing because you think it's going to be a little subdued after that loss after that loss to navy who has just been absolutely awful all year i mean i i know our fan base wouldn't fill up dowdy ficklin stadium after a loss like that i mean maybe ucf's fan base is different but we'll see it is a tough place to play down there in orlando especially when it is bouncing uh, I don't know if he'll be bouncing this this Saturday, but it's still it's still going to be a tough uh, environment. Again, th- I say this all the time. These are these are empty words when you hear them in the world of sports. Because if UCF wins, Cam Good is good on his guarantee. But what if they lose? They're still going to play football the next week. Cam Good's not going to be dismissed from the team. He's not going to do anything that he you know he's not going to do anything differently if they lose this game because he guaranteed it so none of this matters in the grand scheme of things all that matters is i mean i guess you can use it as motivation if you'd like to if you're east carolina that one of their defensive players has guaranteed a win we've seen this before in college football too we've seen the nfl nba ml whatever it's probably one of the characters that they have on that team that you know is says a lot of you know great sound bites and that's one of them right there and I'm sure he's one of those guys. He might be a leader for this team, trying to pump up his, you know, his teammates uh, by saying that, you know, because they need something to pump them up and try. They need a win after a loss last week to Navy. Again, empty words doesn't matter if he said this or didn't say this. It's no right. no different I, at I, all. I totally agree. It's like, it's a big nothing burger. I totally agree. But it, you don't want to say this if you are a coach or a player playing a game because then it just gives something else another edge for the team and mike used to know some things are an edge surely and some things aren't an edge uh they can give you an edge that ain't edge but this could be edge this could be an edge for east carolina going into the game on saturday if they choose to put these words on a uh you know on the whiteboard and say hey look this is what they think of you east carolina they're thinking they're gonna have a fun home game in front of their fans and the bounce house will be bouncing and they want to win and we're going to guarantee a win for our fans that's what, that's what they think of you <laughs> thank you shirley for throwing that in can i hear that one more time whoops we need to get uh where did that come from <laughs> hey you missed a couple of days you missed a lot around here chandler yeah, why don't you go to another freaking wedding this weekend <laughs> anybody getting married you got any more friends nah, man, i'll be here this weekend all right we do work around here when you're not here. We I, didn't just take two days off. I understand. We, we did one thing, and it was get that sound bite. That's all we did in the 48 hours you were gone. What's the, uh, whoops. Whoops. What's the detail behind that? Uh, that was surely cutting off a uh, – something went – what was – we were going to break, Shirley. I was going to break, and I was having to monitor – the um, oh yeah because glenn had stepped away for a moment yeah because so we to... were undermanned with you not here <laughs> so i i had all the keyboards and the and the mice all kind of lined two up mices, two keyboards three four mice screens. three mice three keyboards three screens 
and I thought I was hitting the space bar to fire the commercial, and I hit the space bar to stop the music. Which is okay, because usually the mics are off at that point, but she was also controlling three mics, and the mic was on, and she let out a little, uh... Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. So we're just going to keep that rolling. See, Chandler, when you leave, the things get out. Everything added. happens when I leave. Maybe you're the most important piece to this pirate radio puzzle. Hey, hey, hey. I don't, hey. I don't, I don't think I said I don't maybe, so. and I said it sarcastically. I'm just saying. You definitely did. Because <laughs> the most important piece is sit beside me. Suck up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a kicker for the Bucks? <laughs> that was good. Thank you, thank you. Oh, man ryan suck up honeycutt all right uh moving along would you like to make a guarantee on this game no <laughs> why would i want to i don't know because you can just throw around the word like it doesn't matter no no okay not gonna... i'm a superstitious guy. i'm very superstitious i'm like stevie wonder over here <laughs> moving on <laughs> all right dude <laughs> Chandler, what if I told you, 30 for 30, that I watched the 0.0 seconds of Monday Night Football last night? Well, if you did, that would be the second time you told me today because you told me earlier. (laughs) What did you say the first time I told you that earlier today? Really? Yeah, you didn't believe me. I didn't. But it's true. It's damn true. I, uh, after dinner, I laid down. I was feeling a little, little groggy. And I turned on a murder show, The Chestnut Man, on Netflix. It is a foreign show, so it's got subtitles. So <laughs> I was like, I was watching that before Monday Night Football came on. Then I saw that there was a delay yeah, in a dome stadium. They had a weather delay. That was ridiculous. Redonkulous. And I started to, uh, to doze off a little bit, a little bit, and I chose the English audio option on the show so i could put my close my eyes and still listen to the show as i was falling asleep well turns out i uh not only did i take a little nap i woke up at about 12 30 a.m wow realized i missed the whole game uh pulled up the score app to find out what happened and what did happen was the what i said would happen and that's the chargers uh knocking off the raiders their first loss of the year now i started to read some about this uh how the heck do you have a weather delay inside a dome and the tweets and what i was reading apparently at sofi stadium it's kind of like a, a canopy setup or a tent like a tailgating tent i cannot believe they spent the money on that <laughs> i know to still have i weather mean delays. do they still believe in that old adage that it never rains in california well apparently so uh because it was like raining sideways and there was like lightning and stuff in the area uh which caused the delay i saw uh, them talking to john gruden before the game that was kind of funny where they were explaining to him what was going on. It's a dome, man. What, the, <laughs> what are they doing, man? Hey, man. I, Five billion dollars for this, man? <laughs> I checked. I uh, thought we were inside, man. Uh, sounded like a Raiders home game from the highlights I saw. Unbelievable. I mean, I have never seen that before where the away fans just basically take over a home field advantage for a, another team. 
Uh, but they would like pan out into the crowd, and it was nothing but Raiders fans. I mean, it was like the black hole in Los Angeles, and uh, they brought the they brought the noise. But the Raiders couldn't do anything offensively. Chargers and, are good. Uh, the Chargers offensively were great. So even though they had they outnumbered the Chargers fans there in SoFi Stadium, that Chargers offense had its way with the Raiders defense. Uh, Joey Bosa from the Chargers called the officials blind after the game. That's always fun. I'm down with some official uh, criticism. I still think it's hilarious that coaches aren't allowed to talk about the refs making bad calls or they get fined after games, which we talk about the players. We talk about the poor coaching decisions. Why can't we talk about the refs if they screw up? Uh, But you're not allowed to do that or you get a fine. Joey Bosa, I guess players... I don't know what he's referring to. Players aren't supposed to be able to do this either without a fine, right? Um, there was a missed hold call late in the fourth quarter. Bosa said, quote, I didn't even know they called the effing penalty on me because I was fuming. Um, he said, refs are blind. I'm sorry, but you're blind. Like, open your eyes and do your job. It's Jeez. so bad, it's unbelievable. End quote. That was the Joey Bosa call. Um, apparently, they, uh, yeah. Well, speaking now, while we're on the refs uh, topic, they had a taunting uh, penalty last night i think it was darren waller. darren waller darren waller spiked the ball it happened to be on the sideline for the chargers it's not and, a round ball so it doesn't always go where you want it to and, and it just so happened to bounce right directly to a chargers player and they threw the flag it took them a while to, to throw the flag it, it, it was actually kind of delayed and uh sure enough they gave him the taunting penalty and it, it you, it was obvious. It was nowhere near intended for anybody on the Chargers. He was just very hyped up for that first down, um, and a lot of, probably a lot had to do with uh, him being on that Charger sideline. I wouldn't have thrown the. I, I, I'm not liking this taunting penalty. Uh, if you the, spike a ball and it hits the opposing player by the letter of the law, that's a taunting penalty. Yep. It's but I don't like it. Uh, cousin Sal, who uh, you may know from like the Jimmy Kimmel Show, he's a he's a comedian, writer, whatever. He does a podcast with Bill Simmons. I listen to every week where they guess the lines uh, for NFL. But he had a um, I think a great comment on this after he's a Cowboys fan after the uh, Chargers Cowboys game that if you want to draw a taunting penalty, all you have to do after a guy catches the ball, just stand close to him. And and just kind of and look in his direction. Don't do anything. Just stand there. And nine times out of ten, the wide receiver that catches the pass will either make a gesture. He'll do he'll do the first down signal, and maybe if you're standing close enough to him and looking at him, hit you right between the eyes. He'll do it right in your face. Yeah. Or if he spikes the ball, you might get hit by the ball. So if they're going to call all these penalties, if you're a defender after a play. Just stand up close to the receiver, and you could earn 15 yards for your team. That's I, smart. I, I think that's genius. That is very smart. If I'm a defender, I'm doing that after every single catch this season. And it, it, it's going to happen where that guy's going to do something, not even meaning to taunt you, it's but like you're in the charge. vicinity. Exactly. It, you you kind of just get in the way, fall down. Good things will happen. You're taking a charge. You're taking one for the team because you could, you could get poked <laughs> right in the eye with a first down with that first down point that they like to do. I want to see this happen. And by I want to see it, I mean, I really don't. But I, this is what I would do. If the ball, if they start spiking the ball and it touches me, I'm flopping. I'm falling down. I'm grabbing my leg. Oh, my God. 
Oh my God. Or if a receiver catches a pass, starts walking back to the huddle, my and he walks my. past me, I'm falling down. Yeah. I'm flopping. Go for it. Call the flag. Let's make a mockery of this whole This is ridiculous. And it thing. deserves to be mocked. Yeah. All right. Uh, last but not least, unless you don't care about the baseball playoffs because you don't like baseball or your team's not in it, Ugh. let's take a look at the MLB postseason uh, schedule. Coming up on Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, that is tonight, the Red Sox and Yankees play for the 400th time this season. Uh, this one in Fenway for the right to uh, to get into the AL playoff bracket and I think take on the, yeah, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, so winner gets the Rays. Coming up Wednesday night, the Cardinals, who just finished on a flurry. All right, let me say this as a Braves fan. I have no, I had no hopes going into this postseason. I wasn't even excited about it. But then I took a look at it. If the Cardinals can beat the Dodgers in the wild card game Wednesday night, which the Cardinals have been beating everybody, so it's not out of the question, that just opens things up, opens things up for everyone on the National League side of things because you've got the Giants who just had a tremendous regular season. But are you really afraid of the Giants if you're the Brewers or Braves? I'm not. I'm more afraid of the Dodgers than anybody. So if the Cardinals could win and play the Giants, the Braves have a better lineup than the Brewers. I think that's a fact. Now, the Brewers have good pitching. I'm not super scared of the Brewers. I guess what I'm trying to say is if it would be Braves-Brewers and then potentially Braves-Giants or Braves-Cardinals, the Braves could represent the NL in the World Series. I don't think that's asking too much. That's all contingent upon the Dodgers losing on Tuesday night or on Wednesday night because I still feel like the Dodgers are the best team in the National League uh, despite what the record shows in the West. And I don't know. That's just uh, how I feel about it. So I think a, um, a big game if you're a Brewers-Giants or a Braves fan Wednesday night, you're pulling for the Cardinals to beat the Dodgers. Now, the last time I did this in the playoffs, Chandler, was when I wanted the Nationals. Were they a wild card when they uh, played the Brewers? So they beat the Brewers. In the wild card. Then they beat the Dodgers. Beat the Dodgers. And then the Braves lost to the Cardinals, I want to say, that year. And then we played the Cardinals. Yeah. So the last time I did this, it did not work out in my favor. And that pesky wild card team ended up winning the whole thing. And that year, that was Chandler's Brewer, uh, Nationals. Nationals, who got hot in the second half of the season, right? Yeah. Kind of like the Cardinals did. Sure. Maybe some deja vu here. I don't know. Uh, but the Cardinals and Dodgers play Wednesday night at 8. Tonight's game on ESPN, by the way, Wednesday night TBS. Uh, the Cardinals-Dodgers winner will get the Giants. That game will be on TBS on Friday. Uh, the Braves will play during Pirate Radio Live on Friday. So we got a watch-along situation going on as uh, I do the show and the Braves play the Brewers in game one. They'll also be playing the Brewers during the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturday. So, As a sports fan, I, is, is that exciting for you or is it more nerve-wracking for you? It's exciting, but I'd rather be able to kind compartmentalize both things and have my 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 show here and the playoffs here on an island. Have the ECU here by themselves and the you know. Yeah. The good news is they don't play on Sunday, so I'll get to watch the uh, Crapskins versus the Saints and not have to worry about baseball. So I'll take that personally. But anyway, 
Hey, how about you beat the Saints to help okay. us out? And we'll we beat- already helped you out once, by the way. You didn't help us out I by know, beating the Cowboys. I know, but we're going to try again this Sunday when we play the Eagles at home. How about you help us out for once? Okay. You owe us one, I, I and we'll, we'll give you a second for free, a little freebie, and okay. beat the Saints. I'm sorry, man, but I don't know if there's any stopping the Cowboys in the NFC East. I know. Uh, they they're gonna run through everybody your little uh your prediction last week uh they little, win by four your, plus your games gut feeling of them winning the division by four games and more or more uh is looking better and better yeah uh without a and look i don't want to see anybody on the cowboys get hurt i, I want to beat them 100 percent. so barring any injury uh i think the on offense to a key player i think really anybody they could lose one guy uh probably other than dak and still keep this thing going i think it's all about dak at this point running that offense because if you put andy dalton in there like you did last year or if you put ben danucci in there uh that thing takes a whole different uh turns a whole different direction but with dak they are going to win the east and they're going to win it by likely four games i think at this point all right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. When we return, we'll hear some Mike Houston comments from earlier today as he looked back at the complete team victory over Tulane and also looked ahead to what he's got this weekend against UCF. We've got a big uh, big show for the rest of the way. Mike Houston comments, Jeff Nadeau, Mark Daniels talks UCF, Malcolm Gray talks MLB, Stephen Iga talks all things ECU. It's all ahead on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to the, the uh, what show am I on? Pirate Radio Live. Pirate Radio Live. Jeez. Yeah, back to you, Clip. All right. I just need to just say that. Just back to you, Clip. Welcome back to the show. Um, we're all good team players around here. We show up every weekend and do our job and stick with the team. Um, although last weekend, <laughs> there was an example of a person who is a, a team member of ours not being with the team and being around alcohol and women. And there is video of this person that I've seen, actually. <laughs> No way. Are we talking about Urban Meyer? <laughs> well, we're either talking about Urban Meyer or Chandler Honeycutt. This is true. I'm trying to get you to figure out which one I'm talking about. There's video of him t- touching a woman. Okay, this isn't me. <laughs> yes, sir, it is. <laughs> I saw a video of you doing a chest bump with a woman 
out on Saturday. Not as inappropriate as Urban Meyer. I don't. I, all I'm saying is I saw a video of it <laughs> happening. Am I right or wrong? You're you're right there in the middle. <laughs> I'm right. And offering said woman alcohol, I do believe. <laughs> you, well, hold on. Handing you her handed a yeah, woman handed an, alcohol, yeah, beverage. an alcoholic beverage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, I, I was with Urban Meyer this weekend. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh, okay. That's all I wanted to hear you say. Okay. No, I, just, I admit it. I admit it. I just found it interesting that <laughs> the stories are really intertwining here. Not being around the team, being on your own in a in a party situation, <laughs> touching a woman, offering her a beverage. She's slam dunk. Now you're the context. And staying with family, I do believe. Did you stay you were, with family were while you, a, you were? Were you around any family members? My, my father was there. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay. okay. Yeah, all right. Um, but no, Chandler's context is, yours was much more innocent. You were being announced as uh, being part of the wedding. We were uh, being introduced into the reception. We did a really cool intro. Uh, chugged a white claw. You chugged a claw. That's what I was given before there's comments of, why is the white, white claws are really good, by the way. But a lot of people, Don't get yourself in any more trouble. Just let me tell the story. So you... <laughs> You chug the claw. <laughs> you hand it to a lady who was also in the wedding. Yes. She, uh, you, you form a hoop. Like a hoop. A hoop. She dunks it. Yep. And then you guys do a celebratory chest bump. Yep. That was that was the context of Chandler's innocent night out after a wedding that is caught on video. Much different than Urban Myers. A lot different. By the way, Urban Myers got. Uh, you can order some Urban Meyer books. If you're interested, let me get the uh, titles of those books. Can we bring up the uh, video from last year? Uh, well, <laughs> I was watching that. That was tweeted earlier you know, that today. That was my first time seeing that. I never knew that happened. Urban's doing an, <laughs> an interview on Zoom or whatever. and you. Oh, can, yeah, with the guy that... There's a reflection. Of a, a, a shirtless guy coming in. It looks like he's on a boat. At least shirtless. Yeah. As far as we know, the man might not be wearing pants. I don't know. All we know for sure is that he doesn't have a shirt on. Urban's doing an interview, taking it serious, and for some reason thinks that we can't see the video the whole time. So he starts going, no, get off. You're you're on my video. Get off my video. (laughs) We can see you. Stop it. We can see. So uh, that was funny. That's going around. Uh, you can and the guy just is completely oblivious. He's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like he just stands there the whole time, and Urban is talking, and you can see him clearly in the reflection. You can buy Urban Meyer's book. Of, uh, this is not the first time I've brought this up on the show, but for eighteen dollars, you can get Urban Meyer Above the Line: Lessons in Leadership and Life from a Championship Program. <laughs> You can get that book. You can also. I don't think I want to know what his lessons in life are. Well, Shirley, if you've got five dollars, visit family a lot. This is on sale for five oh nine. You can get Urban's Way. <laughs> Urban Meyer, the well, Florida apparently Gators. He had his way. Yeah, Urban's Way. You can get that for five dollars. So, uh, Urban Meyer, a big do as I say, not as I do guy. Uh, a lot of those out there in the world of sports, politics, and in general life uh so you can buy purchase those books now and learn how to do it the urban way all right let's uh hear from mike houston and uh learn about his way if you don't want to hear this you can go fly a kite by the way for all i care print 
Uh, cut one, Shirley. Mike Houston's opening comments at his press conference from earlier today. Good to be back, uh, back up here with you. Um, you know what a what a great weekend uh, in Daddy Ficklin Stadium, and uh, what a great homecoming weekend for Pirate Nation and uh, the Greenville community. Um, just you know everything about it, and uh, you know it started uh, Friday. We had so many letter winners uh, around campus, and got to see so many former Pirates that stopped by the football offices. Uh, had several of them stop by walkthrough on Friday afternoon, uh, you know, in the hotels, around the hotels, Friday evening and Saturday morning. Uh, and then, you know, the Pirate Walk was fantastic last Saturday. We had a huge crowd for that uh, and just a perfect weather, uh, you know, afternoon game day atmosphere in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. And, and our team played very well. So it was great to get a, a huge uh, conference opening win this past Saturday over a very good Tulane team. Uh, excited about the way the, the team played, uh, excited about the way the kids responded to uh, everything last week. Uh, and, you know, just uh, so, so thankful for, you know, the fans that were in the stands, the student body, uh, the boneyard was very loud. Uh, it was just a, a really great day. And, uh, you know, able to have Parmalee here with us. I know everybody enjoyed the concert. You know, they, they were in the locker room celebrating with the team post game. So that was pretty, uh, that was pretty neat to see. So, uh, just a great weekend. So, you know, enjoyed that and then uh, have, have fully transitioned on to a very good UCF team and our trip to Orlando, Florida this, uh, this Saturday. It's a big challenge for our program. Uh, you know, next conference game, uh, very, very talented team. Coach Malzahn has made uh, the transition, uh, you know, very, very seamlessly. Uh, and, uh, you know, they have a very talented group. Yeah, we'll be challenged greatly, so uh, you know, got to be ready to go. So looking forward to a great practice this afternoon. All right, Mike Houston. and hey, Mike Houston ready to move on because he has to, but, man, I want to keep looking back at that perfect storm that was Saturday with the beautiful day in eastern North Carolina. I wonder if Ben does. Yeah, we need to hear from Ben. The problem is I don't know if our freaking Facebook Live is working at the moment. Uh, YouTube is up, though. Maybe he's lo- watching on there. Look look. A- what do we call him look back ben look back ben look back ben can we look back because you had the perfect weather you had the halftime show you had uh i, I wish there was more great people tailgate. there a great tailgate great yes. tailgating scene um you had a rowdy crowd not a packed house by any means but from people that were there they say it was a uh, a very good into the game crowd, so that's a good thing. And then you had the complimentary football, the the great performance by the Pirates on the field against Tulane. So you had it all there. What was the difference between the team we saw against Tulane, especially there out of the gate, and the team we saw the previous week against Charleston Southern? Mike Houston answered that. Cut two. Practice preparation and. Uh probably mental mindset going into the ball game. You know, all, all those, we had a great week of practice last week, very physical practices on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you know, but the players mentally going into the game, I really liked where they were. Uh, you know, Saturday morning, I, I had no doubt once we finished our team meeting Saturday morning that we were going to play well. You know, didn't know if you're going to win or not, but I knew we would play well. And certainly they went out and did that. 
All right, there is Mike Houston uh, talking about his team's performance from one week to the next, and we talked about that with the players on the Players' Lounge. You can hear the uh, Players' Lounge Pirate Radio podcast coming up at 6 o'clock today as Holden Aylers, Xavier Smith, Bruce Bivens, CJ Sneed, DJ Ford all talked about how the preparation led to a great performance against Tulane. More Mike Houston coming up later on in the show. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll visit with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. I'm almost scared because we've been here before with Jeff Nadeau. He really likes the Pirates this weekend. <laughs> I thought he was done with the Pirates. I know. I did, too. I t- I'm trying to warn him not to get back on the Pirates, but I think it's more of a fade on UCF. You'll hear his explanation when we return, and we'll talk more college football with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, when we return after this. Next month, when you donate... You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PR927FM. You can follow us on Twitter at FreePR927FM. Join the 50,000 followers today. Now let's uh, head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Let's quickly head out to the Fixed NC Live Line. Wrap up hour number one with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. He joins us here to talk college football lines on a Tuesday. Jeff, how you doing, man? Jeff, hang on one second. We'll get to you in just a moment as uh, – <laughs> I don't know what that was. But uh, Jeff Nadeau going to join us to talk ECU-UCF. And uh, he liked the over last week. We'll talk about that momentarily. And he likes the Pirates this week, at least from uh, messages I've exchanged with him, as East Carolina a 10-point uh underdog at ucf at the bounce house we'll talk about some other games as well going on in college football i go and i will make some picks later on in today's show if nadu goes with the pirates and the pirates lose yeah i mean it's going to be a complete that's what i'm worried about i know a giant meltdown coming next week i know so that's um, the only thing i'm worried about because as i mentioned earlier in the program i you know i'm a superstitious guy shirley do we need to punt on this and do it later is just just give me just give me one second okay one not that much we're gonna need uh we're gonna need we're gonna hello my mic's not on shirley is uh do you your need, mic is on it is now do okay i've that? got nadu now sorry <laughs> all right are we good let's go out to the fixed nc live line and talk to jeff nadu jeff how you doing man pretty good clip how are you hey doing great and uh having fun covering some college football around these parts because the east carolina for the first time since 2014 have won three straight games jeff they uh, knocked off tulane on saturday they now hit the road to ucf uh, early in the season I, I just 
said that ECU should be a stay away. Can't figure them out. Uh, you figured them out enough on Saturday to take the over in their game against Tulane. And as I texted with you, Jeff, I was glad to see East Carolina more than do their part to hit that over. The offense was clicking on Saturday. The defense played well. And that was uh, really the most complete game East Carolina's played this year and potentially in the uh, the Mike Houston era. Great performance on Saturday. It really was. Um, I texted you, and I, I couldn't believe the start, you know, 31-7 at the half. Um, then they kind of balled up in the third quarter, and you're kind of thinking, oh, no, you know, don't do not do this. And, you know, but then they come right back in the fourth and, and ended up propelling. And, and, yeah, that was great. I mean, they were great on the ground. They were great through the air. Um, and, and, look, Clip, I'm going to keep saying this. Like, they've got to throw the football. They need to have some bounce. I get it. But, look, when Mitchell's giving you 15 yards of carry – uh, you just got to keep rocking with him. He's been terrific. He's had some big runs. And, you know, Tulane's a bad defensive team. I was just hoping they could give me 25 to 30, and they did. Um, yeah, I had a great Saturday, man. I, I won every game I bet, so I was very happy with it. And, uh, yeah, um, I'll continue to bet Tulane overs. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. How about East Carolina this week, Jeff, on the road taking on UCF, uh, the Knights favored by 10 points in that one. And uh, I'll pull up the total here in just a moment. But, this is Jeff. Absolutely ridiculous line. Ridiculous. In what way? Listen, Clip, I'm going to tell you now. I wouldn't lay 10 if ECU is playing, or uh, if UCF was playing Bethune Cookman. <laughs> I just wouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know why anyone would, would do this. What on earth is this line? I don't know. I, I was thinking, I, I would have said it at like eight i don't know i mean maybe you think that's still too high stinks club they just lost the navy this team sucks are you calling for a pirate outright win ecu money line on saturday look i i wouldn't be surprised i yeah. put this number at like five and a half yeah i don't think ucf is any good uh defensively they are dreadful i think they've got a then i'll tell you what clip you said it best you got a confident East Carolina team coming in here right now. They're three and two. I told you again, you've got winnable games. You should beat South Florida. You should beat Temple. Okay, that gives you five. If you can win this game, you also get Navy in there. This is a huge game, and you've got to be looking at it as such. I know it's a tough travel spot. I know it's tough to go there and win. But this is a UCF team that's completely devoid right now of any confidence. You have an East Carolina team that's full of it and brimming with it. Um, I would very much be wi- viewing this as a winnable game. Ten and a half is a joke. That's a joke of a number. Uh, I already bet ten and a half, and I will be on the Pirates team. All right. I really like what I see from this group recently, and they seem like they know how to win all of a sudden. No Dylan Gabriel. The quarterback situation has been a complete mess. Listen, Clip, I- I've said before, I think the Naval Academy is one of the worst offenses in the country. They give up 34 to Navy. That is absolutely uh, pathetic. Uh, I like East Carolina here. Yeah, pretty shocking score there uh, from Annapolis last week. And Jeff Nadeau says the night struggles will continue. East Carolina at UCF 6 o'clock Saturday. Go ahead, Jeff. You know who UCF has on on deck as well? Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Hmm. All right. Look ahead spot as well for the Knights. Uh, Yeah, kind of makes you... Uh, start to feel a little bit better about this road game coming up. 6 o'clock. We'll be with you Saturday, 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. 
taking you up to kickoff. All right, Jeff, let's bounce around, look at some other action, and we will uh, circle back to games you like. I'm going to start with noon ABC Saturday. It's Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma continues to skate by. They're undefeated. They are having trouble really putting teams away and rolling up a lot of points. They take on a Texas team that has looked good since losing to Arkansas in a big way earlier this season. The line is at three and a half which uh, at first glance tells me to go ahead and take Texas in this game total in the 60s. Uh, any thoughts on this matchup in the Red River shootout? Yeah, this is a tough game. I mean, I think my first thought was, well, who do I trust more defensively? Obviously, Oklahoma. But, look, I just don't think um, this team's going to win by a lot of margin this year. I just don't see it. Now you got to add in the fact that you're going on the road. You're taking on a Texas team that, that's, you know, Kind of the word today is confidence. They're brimming with confidence. They absolutely destroyed Texas Tech, destroyed, uh, for the most part, Texas Christian, beat them. Uh, you know, ended up beating them by only five, but put up 32 points. Um, you know, And I don't think Casey Thompson even really played that well. The big concern and the big thing in this game is, is Oklahoma kind of the pro- – because, look, Bijan Robinson's not going to run for 216 yards. TCU is a bad run defense. Oklahoma's giving up under three yards of carry. So I think hmm. you can kind of bother them on the ground. They're better defensively overall than Texas. And we have to remember, Clip, Spencer Rattler's having a good season. He's second in the country in completion percentage. I think he has 12 touchdowns on the season. You know, three and a half, I think, is just too low. I'll just be real. I, I think um, I would still venture to say that I think Oklahoma is significantly better on defense. Um, I think they're. Um, probably right up there with Texas offensively. And I don't think Robinson is going to be a big factor in this game. I think Oklahoma will completely take him out of the game. Um, and um, I think you're trying to make the young quarterback beat you. And you know, he showed at times this year, Casey Thompson, that he's not exactly capable of it. Um, we've seen their offensive line breakdown. We saw it against Arkansas. You look last week, Thompson, I mean, 12 for 22, 142 yards and one interception. So he wasn't exactly on point. And that was against a TCU pass defense that really hadn't gotten any stops all year and were without their best cover corner. So, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of see through this. Look, I'm not laying seven and a half here, but three and a half, I, I think Oklahoma gets it done like 38-31. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Let's look at some other national games, Jeff. Ole Miss coming off the loss against Alabama on uh, Saturday, Arkansas coming off a shutout to Georgia. So both of these teams trying to get right, and they will try to get right facing off against each other in Oxford, Mississippi. Ole Miss, a six-and-a-half-point favorite total at 66-and-a-half. Uh, does Ole Miss return to their high-scoring ways, Jeff, or does Arkansas return to their upset ways uh, in this one? What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think this will probably be the toughest uh, def- I mean. I mean, Alabama, a tough defense. I don't think they're a great defense. This will be uh, another tough uh, ask, uh, obviously, against Arkansas. You know, Arkansas is legit. Good offensive line. Love to run the football. Great defense. Um, I don't know. I like both these teams. I like Arkansas, particularly on the defensive end. Obviously, like Ole Miss on the offensive end. Um, they kind of got slapped in the mouth last weekend. Look, that's what you get when you bet against Alabama, a clip. I mean, you know, it looks good. You know, they're not going to win by more than 20. This team's solid, and then they just got cracked by 30. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is a tough game. Maybe lean under. 66 even seems high. I know Ole Miss's offense is great, but I will say, you know, I don't really put last week in here, but 
All in all, I think Ole Miss has been pretty good defensively. Arkansas is going to slow it down and run the football. They're a good defense. So this kind of screams to me like 31-27, you know, 34-30 maybe. I think at, at, at most. So I'm going to lean under 66. I think it's a bit high. Speaking of under, a dangerous game to play in college football, but I uh, had the under in Georgia and Arkansas last week, and yeah. I did not think Georgia would roll up 37, but – the good news is it doesn't matter because they shut out the Razorbacks. Uh, Georgia taking that defense on the road to Jordan Air uh, coming up on Saturday when they take on Auburn. Auburn, an impressive uh, win at LSU. And uh, road Bo Nix looked pretty good in that one, Jeff, as they pulled that one off. But now Georgia, a 14.5-point favorite, uh, roughly in the total in the 40s in this one. Can Georgia just go and smother another offense like they've done all year when they take on Auburn? Yeah, of course they can, and I think they will. Um, Auburn is a team that I think really the goal is we need to run the football, and that's kind of what they do. They've got some really capable running backs. I think when you put the ball in the hands of Bo Nix, uh, bad things can happen. So you know, I think for that, that that's bad news, I think, if you're, you're Auburn. Um, Georgia Clip in five games is allowed one offensive touchdown, and that was late in the game against South Carolina. It was kind of a garbage type of situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're that good. This this is one of the better defenses I've ever seen at the college football level. I absolutely love uh, a great defense in college football. There's nothing better than it. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I'm, I have no interest in betting against that defense. Absolutely none. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, you talked about Iowa last week on the show and, and how they are overvalued. And I, I brought up during that conversation how – they had kind of some fluky plays, some defensive touchdowns earlier in the year. Then they play Maryland Friday night, and is it a fluke if they just keep doing it? Maryland turned the ball over four times in the first 20 minutes of that game and just really had, never had a shot. Kept giving away short fields, and Iowa would, would score touchdowns. And now Iowa is at home against Penn State. Uh, narrow favorite are the Hawkeyes at home. Very low total in this game. They're expecting a defensive battle between the Nittany Lions and Iowa. will probably come down to who doesn't turn the ball over the most. Any thoughts on this Big Ten matchup on Saturday? Uh, I think it's a tough game. I think two teams that obviously have defied expectations. Um, you know, ultimately, though, for me, I'm, I'm just going to lean on the team that I just think is a bit better. Uh, they have Jahad Dotson, and that's Penn State. I think defensively they're really, really good. They continue to be terrific at the goal line and inside the 20. Um, you know, I will obviously have the home field advantage, and, and that's big in, in the uh, college football realm. You're not getting a real good number on Penn State. I would want like a solid three if I was going to get involved. Um, another very tough game. I think Penn State's just a bit better. Um, I don't think, you know, again, rankings are a joke. I don't think I was the third best team in the country, but you're right. They just keep doing it, so... Uh, I guess you got to give them respect until you don't have to give them respect anymore. But we saw this with their basketball team. When it matters most, they'll lose. And this is surely the toughest opponent. I'm going to still bet against them. I just don't trust their quarterback. I don't think their offense is very good. I'll take the better offense to me in a defense that's right on par with their opponent. And we are talking, and I guess it's because I'm going through the top 25, about some really good defenses in college football. And another one, uh, to be considered is 5-0 and Kentucky. I had a blast watching them play defense against Florida the other night, Jeff, and, and pull off that win in front of a uh, really uh, pumped-up home crowd. Well, the crowd should show up again Saturday night, 7-30, when they take on LSU. And this is a line that 
it, you know, you would think 5-0 and ranked team at home against an unranked team, you should be favored by more, but it's a line that gives uh, LSU a, a little bit of credit here. Kentucky by around three. I'm seeing total around the 50s mark. So can, can Kentucky win one at home that they're supposed to win? They're good as an underdog, Jeff, but what do you think about them as a favorite in this game against LSU? Uh, yeah, you know, I was listening to the radio earlier. I like listening to um, occasionally some of the shows on ESPNU, and they, they were talking about this game and how you know, we need to start giving Kentucky some respect. And, you know, I was really ready to do it, but I, was, I thought what they did Saturday was pretty impressive. I mean, it was at home. You know, they're never great offensively, um, you know, but they're nails defensively. They always have a good run game. Um, yeah, LSU's kind of uh, Jekyll and Hyde to me. They're kind of like the football team that plays professionally in that state that's one of the most <laughs> kind of Jekyll and Hyde yeah. you can find. Um, yeah, LSU kind of, I thought, you know, kind of pissed that game away the other night. I could say, I don't know if I could say that on your channel. Yeah, you already did. We're good. They did. Uh, I, I thought they kind of screwed that away and, and should have been better. They allowed Auburn – Knicks to win, which is you know, on the road, never happened. So, yeah, I'll kind of just keep rocking with Kentucky until they kind of fail me, I guess. Yeah. Maybe lean under, but yeah, Kentucky's been really good. They got a big game on deck, though, and that kind of concerns me a little bit. Got, uh, what, Georgia coming up after this? Yeah. Yeah. Got to watch the uh, the look ahead there, Jeff. Let's. Uh, those are the top twenty five action, and then there's a few more in there. But let's go with what you like this weekend. You tend to go kind of off the beaten path with some of your picks. So, who are some of the under radar, under the radar teams and games you like this weekend? Yeah, I mean, one of the teams that I'm going to keep kind of ha- hanging on is is Toledo. Uh, I really like this team a lot. Uh, I-, I think they're really, really good. I've been betting them the last couple of weeks, had them against Ball State, had them against UMass. Now they come back this week, clip um, another, uh, you know, another into their conference card, and they're playing Northern Illinois, who I had ranked pretty low in college football as far as, you know, they came out and had a great start to the season beating Georgia Tech, but you know, they've since followed it up with, uh, you know, some wins against bad football teams. But now you got to go on the road and face the big boys in this conference. The thing I love about Toledo this year is the fact that not only are they really good offensively, but they've been great defensively. 19th in the country in opponent yards per game. They've been really good against the run and the pass. Um, and again, um, they have two quarterbacks, one of which can switch it up. They bring in this uh, kind of a Michael Vick type of player and then come in and move the offense as well. I think 12 and a half is still a little low. I'm going to be looking towards taking a shot with Toledo here to take care of Northern Illinois by – uh, you know, two or three touchdowns. Another one I'm going to be keyed in on is Cincinnati. Um, they're laying a big number against Temple University. Temple coming off a win uh, that they should not have had. Uh, yeah, Memphis. You beat Memphis randomly. Um, this is a huge uh, letdown on the road. It's a Friday night. And look, Cincinnati, I think, has blood in the water. They know that to get to the college world playoff, what do you have to do, Clip? You have to absolutely pound teams in the submission. Um, and look, that's what they've done against bad teams. Crush Murray State, crush Miami of Ohio, uh, beat Notre Dame easily. The game wasn't close. The problem that I have with Temple is I know, Clip, they don't have great quarterback play. Um, I know they've kind of moved around a little bit, but I don't trust DeWan Mathis. You go from playing Memphis to Cincinnati, and what Cincinnati does is they shut down every passing off that they play. I think they have two of the best corners in the country. In Ahmad Gardner and Kobe Bryant. I love Cincinnati. Uh, wouldn't be surprising if they shut Temple out. 
And Jeff, too, on that point, they they are doing that against lesser teams, and they almost have to, right? Like they they have to get some style points along the way if they want to keep their number five, number four, number six, whatever they're going to be in the the rankings. They, you know, does it help them to win fifty to six as opposed to twenty eight to nineteen? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to leave no doubt, and you yeah. take care of bad opponents and. You know, for Cincinnati, you know, they're just going to grind you down. They've got a great quarterback. They've got good skill position players, good tight end, a good running back, and their defense is absolutely nails. Uh, as I said, wouldn't surprise me if Temple got shut out here. Dewan Mathis is not good. Um, this screams like 48-10 to me. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Didn't think the theme of our college football chat would be defense today, but a lot of teams are playing it uh, across the, the land, uh, Jeff, and that's a beautiful thing to see in 2021. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I love defense clip. I've been enjoying it this year. I'll just continue to say this. Have you watched Rutgers at all clip this year? Not really. I've kept an eye on their scores, but I hadn't really watched them much. I mean, they're pretty hard to watch in offense. They dropped 61 on Temple. 60. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, earlier, what was that, week one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's wild. Uh, Temple <laughs> also lost 28-3 to Boston College. Um, you mean to tell me I'll lay 29 here. Yeah. I think it's a big man. Uh, enjoyed the chat. Good luck with your college football weekend. We'll talk more with you on Thursday. We'll go down the NFL slate and then we'll uh, hook up with you for a few minutes on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So a couple more chats with the big man coming up this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff NADU. Also, uh, he's dropping some, uh, some bombs on patreon.com slash BMOC if you want some more winners. So check that out, too. And uh, Jeff will reconvene later in the week, man. Thank you, Clip. I look forward to it. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's Jeff Nadeau. We'll talk to him uh, NFL Thursday and Bud Light pregame tailgate. More college football on Saturday. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Hour two on tab. We'll talk to the play-by-play voice of the UCF Knights, Mark Daniels. Uh, figure out what went wrong with the Knights against Navy and what they need to do to correct things when they take on East Carolina on Saturday. That's on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tent. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment at online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We'll be with you Saturday, 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, getting you set for East Carolina and UCF. We'll get a night scouting report now as Mark Daniels, play-by-play voice of UCF, joins us on the fixed nc live line mark appreciate your time how you doing today we're doing really good 
Good to talk with you once again. And, Mark, uh, I guess the question, uh, first question, what happened? Uh, what happened to the Knights on Saturday falling to a Navy team that was really struggling, 34-30? to 30. Uh, UCF drops that one on the road. Mark, uh, what went wrong for the Knights in, uh, in that game on Saturday? Well, you got to go back to the UCF football game against Louisville, where in the course of that game, UCF lost uh, five starters their best running back, their best wide receiver, their best linebacker, their best corner back, and, and one of their defensive linemen. And that impacted that football game significantly. And then the final play of the game, UCF lost their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, for an indefinite period of time. None of those players played in the football game this past week against Navy. So hmm. That is a factor. Uh, then Navy um, found their quarterback that had won the job in August, got injured their opening game against Marshall, did not play their last two football games. He got back, had a healthy week of practice, and they executed the triple option really well. And UCF was playing with a true freshman quarterback that did okay, uh, but it's a totally different offense when you don't have Dylan Gabriel there. And those things kind of add up, and if you don't execute some things on the road, you're going to find yourself in a difficult position. And yet, as UCF did against Louisville the week before, had a chance to win the football game, uh, got the ball to the Navy 12-yard line and had four chances to get to the, or to the end zone and were not able to convert. So the injuries have, without a doubt, altered UCF's expectations for the season. Not that they can't go out and win a lot of football games. It's just the reality is if you take Dylan Gabriel, just as you took uh, Holt Nailers off the ECU uh, football team, it changes a lot. And, and UCF is going through that period of adjusting and now doing it with a true freshman quarterback. Mark, a significant injury to Dylan Gabriel. How about the, the others that were injured in that Louisville game that did not play against Navy? How, how healthy or unhealthy is UCF looking for this game coming up against East Carolina? Isaiah Bowser transferred from Northwestern. He's a great story. He's a 6'2", 225-pound back at a great uh, freshman year at Northwestern, they got dinged up and got kind of lost the roster there, came to UCF, and he went from being a fourth-string uh, fourth guy on the depth chart in spring to uh, earning the starting job, and was just phenomenal for UCF. He was a key factor in the win over Boise State, and then got dinged up with their second game against Bethune-Cookman and tried to give it a go the first half against Navy, got linked with, tried to come back in the second half, and was not able to do so. He, his loss with Dylan Gable is significant a big bruising back that can run the football effectively, block for you, pick up the blitz. That's now put for UCF with a former walk-on that's now a scholarship running back and a 5, 750-pound more speed-type running back. That's big. Uh, I don't know if Isaiah Bounce is going to be back for this football game. I don't know if anybody that has been out for UCF the last two football, uh, football games will be back. It's one of those kind of game-time decisions on a few of them. Um, but there won't be all six of those guys coming back for UCF. And, again, you lose your best wide receiver running back and quarterback, it changes a lot. So, you know, Gus Ball's not on his staff about to make some adjustments. And, you know, we always say next man up mentality. Well, there is somebody to play. It's just they don't have the same experience um, as the guy before. And, therefore, you've got to find ways to, to, to develop a game plan both offensively and defensively because your opponent doesn't care about your injury. <laughs> Mark Daniels talking about the uh, the seriousness of these injuries for UCF, and you just don't expect to look at a UCF box score and see 178 passing yards. Mikey Keene, 16 to 26, had two touchdowns, one interception against Navy. I assume, uh, Mark, he's the quarterback going forward uh, for UCF. What kind of QB uh, will ECU be seeing on Saturday? Well, Mikey's a guy that was very successful in high school, didn't lose his last two years out in Arizona, played high level at Chandler High School, and they won a couple of championships. So that was his first loss in three years um, as a quarterback. 
And Mikey's a guy that is similar in size to both, you know, McKenzie Milton and Dylan Gabriel. They're a tad around six feet, maybe a little bit under, but throws a good ball. And, you know, Mikey played well in the game. Uh, you know, he made some good plays in a scaled-down offense. He had a couple of drops that were not his fault. He's on a beautiful pass. Uh, CCF was trying to extend the lead at Navy. And a fifth-year senior, Brandon Johnson, who's been great, transferred Tennessee, makes the catch. He just got hit, fumbled the football. Um, so Mikey did some good things. My guess is each week will add a little bit more to make him feel uh, comfortable. But he could throw it. But it's a little bit different version for UCF. They won't take as many shots throwing the ball deep, which UCF did with Dylan Gabriel. They'll try to utilize their speed at wide receiver, uh, utilize their run game a little bit different without having that big bruising back. So like I said, it's a scaled-down version. It's not certainly what Gus had in mind when the year began, but you just got to find a way to, 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 to utilize what you can. Joey Gatewood, the transfer that came, actually was with Gus at Auburn. He started uh, uh, for Kentucky last year game against Georgia. Uh, he transferred here. Joey is more of a run package at 6'5", 220. I think you'll see him in certain situations as well. But, again, we'll see who they get back. But if those key players are not back, uh, again, it's a much different offense for UCF. Mark Daniels joining us. Mark, from the ECU side of things, the Pirates had played really two good quarters of offense heading into the Tulane game. The fourth quarter at Marshall where the Pirates had to come back win, and then the second quarter against Charleston Southern, a, a 24 to nothing outburst in that quarter. We finally saw it on display for a full game against Tulane, so we're thinking that maybe uh, we, we got something on offense uh, here at ECU. We'll, we'll need it, of course, Saturday against uh, what has been a, a stout UCF defense. How about with the injured bodies, Mark, and not facing an option offense, how do you expect the Knights to play defensively Saturday against the Pirates? Well, I think they'll welcome anything but the triple option. <laughs> right. Knock it all to and, 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 and you guys know, sometimes it's the game after you play Navy that you really feel the effects of the yeah. blocks that, 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 that Navy style is. That's been historic uh, since they've been in the Americans. So that's a concern I think UCF has is how did they come out of that football game? And they played, you know, they played a 5-2-4 a defense in that game, and there are some guys that had to come out for a series or two, so we'll see how healthy they are, those that are able to play. Um, but I think UCF feels that from a personnel standpoint, they should be okay for what they want to do. That still doesn't mean that they'll be able to stop you know, what is a much-improved ECU offense with a confident quarterback, clearly a very talented running back. We know there's always been talented wide receivers for ECU. You know, Travis Williams is the defensive coordinator for Gus Malzahn. He was his linebacker coach at Auburn. Travis is going to be an outstanding football coach in his career and probably will be a head coach someday. He's had to make significant adjustments also because of those injuries. But ECF's had a little bit of a frustrating time with they've only got two sacks in four football games. Now, part of that's been particularly for Boise, Bethune-Cookman, and Louisville. It was get rid of the ball relatively quickly to limit the ability of having a pass rush. That's been a problem. And what's been a staple of UCF during their run for four-plus years was turning the opponent over. They got a couple fumbles last week on the Navy side of the field. They turned in a quick touchdown. They need more of that. They have to be able to create, create those havoc plays to shorten the field for an offense that could use a shortened field. So, you know, I don't know after four games if you can really say, hey, they're a heavy blitz team. That wouldn't be the case through four games. Is that because this type of offense is that they played? Absolutely. So we'll see what they continue to make um, adjustments. 
of those players injured that have not played the last two weeks, they may get a couple of those guys back. We'll just have to see on Saturday. Mark, UCF will be leaving us here uh, in a few years, heading to the Big 12. And uh, when I talk to you a year from now and preview ECU-UCF, I'll ask what effects have you seen from that uh, move to the Big 12. And I don't know if there's been any yet, Mark, outside of just fan excitement and, and overall excitement on the news that uh, UCF will be going to the Big 12. So so what about that, Mark? Is that all you've seen uh, thus far, excitement? Have you seen any, I don't know, tangible things from the move to the Big 12 that has helped out UCF thus far? Well, look, I think initially there's your fan excitement. There's an initial boost that you get, I think, from a donor standpoint. I think you've no. seen that significantly, um, selling what the next step is going to be. I think from uh, Gus and his staff, from a recruiting standpoint, I think you've got a better story to tell right now about the conference that you're going to. And whenever that happens, and I think the goal is to try to get all that done by 23, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, My guess is that that's the target that everybody has in mind. Um, UCF, before the announcement, already announced an expansion of facilities. That now is a process of fundraising, and I think there's a better chance you can get to that quicker than you want it. So there's some uh, initial benefits that I think UCF is feeling from that. And then as you get into recruiting, as you start, again, fundraising for those facilities, when you start to get an idea about what scheduling and division setup may look like, that that reality becomes uh, closer. You and I have talked over the years about you know, I think respect and at times lack of respect. For yeah. the American. The American has been a great conference for UCF. And, and I think the American has been great for ECU. And I think for where the league has been, you and I have talked about, I think, the, 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 the bias that's been viewed of P5 versus the upper level G5. That, unfortunately, is still going to exist in a variety of ways. Um, I hope it doesn't hurt a team like Cincinnati if they're in position to have a magical run. I think they have earned it on the field. But there's still that perception that's out there. I know Mike Oresco's got to think about what he wants to do with the conference and the media uh, deal. And unfortunately, sometimes it comes down to TV money, market size, uh, athletic budgets, and not necessarily competition in the field. Look, I was a guy that said for years, the frustrating thing is there was no formula like European soccer to play your way in, right? Yeah. The promotion. But the reality is, the value of UCS 41 wins over four years is the reason why they're in the Big 12. It's no disrespect to South Florida's arrival. If they had won 41 games and UCF had won, you know, 20, whatever, South Florida's probably in the Big 12. So in some ways, that is the value of what their wins are. But there's so many factors that have come into the business of college athletics the last few years that you can't even predict it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like a long-term, uh, big-picture relegation promotion system, and UCF taking advantage of that, moving off to the Big 12. Mark Daniels joining us. Mark, appreciate your time. Have a great call on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, there is Mark Daniels joining us, play-by-play voice of the UCF Knights. Everything okay in Studio B? <laughs> <laughs> got a, a few inside jokes going on mark daniels um is uh he's a good interview not much on the uh, on the post interview chatter likes to get out of there quick he's a busy man he's got things to do not exactly yeah the pleasantries sometimes <laughs> get left behind yeah, yeah. so we were yeah. <laughs> i told shirley this is really inside baseball although if you listen to the show you know the the history with uh with mark so i was telling shirley right when we in the interview i want to make sure we hang up first before mark and i don't know he's so quick he might have got us again today 
Well, he. There's always next time. I I, I hit it as soon as okay. you guys ended it. I hit it. <laughs> Chandler was given the uh, the get off sign. We have fun. When we return, could you uh, for the next interview? Could you guys be quiet, please? Thank, Thank you. you. Malcolm you Gray will. Thank you. Malcolm Gray will join us. And I'm going to need you guys to be quiet, please. Thank you. Thank you. When we talk to Malcolm, I don't want any (laughs) funny business over there. Uh, Malcolm Gray joins us next to talk some MLB postseason. Talk a little Pirates as well when we return after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service, Greenville Auto. World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility, brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers of Greenville Auto World for their participation in the program. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. I've already told our Griffin folks in Studio B to be quiet, quiet, please. Thank you. Thank you. That is the voice of Malcolm Gray, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live line right now. Hello, Malcolm. What's up, Chris? How are you, buddy? We have ran that one into the ground uh, since you said that at a press conference earlier this year. So thank you for making our show better, Malcolm. Well, I do what I can for everybody, buddy. I spread the love. Malcolm, great to talk with you, and uh, I guess congratulations. Uh, Did you think your Red Sox – now, I know you're probably disappointed they didn't just go ahead and take care of business and and get into the playoffs but uh, with the way they started the season. But going into the season, did you think that uh, you'd be talking about a postseason team right now? Not at all, to be honest with you, not at all. I mean, especially after – the opening weekend when they got swept by the Orioles and you're sitting there and thinking, man, <laughs> here we go. Knowing, knowing that we weren't going to have Chris Sale, you know, at least till uh, the all-star break, and you didn't really know uh, what the pitching was going to be like or anything like that. And um, no, but it was a pleasant surprise. They got hot, you know, right afterwards, jumped out of the gate. I think at one point they were like, they had won 21 of like 27 games after starting 0-3. So it was a pleasant surprise. They held on and, uh, you know, and they were able to, uh, you know, to take care of business against the Nats and get in, and they got the home field advantage for tonight. Yeah, and guess who they get to play? Your old friends there in New York, the uh, New York Yankees. So, pitching matchup, uh, Malcolm, you, you've known Garrett Cole a long time, right, from your days with uh, USA Baseball. Uh, now you get to face off uh, against him tonight as it'll be Red Sox-Yankees, 8 o'clock on ESPN. What do you think about the matchup? between these two teams, uh, Malcolm, as we head into uh, the game at Fenway? Well, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I would be – it'd be a lot better if maybe uh, the Red Sox were throwing Chris Sale. But 
Nathan Avaldi's been really good. I mean, he's actually played for both teams. And what was it, uh, 2018, I think he he made six appearances out of the bullpen, uh, or excuse me, six appearances on the mound coming out of the bullpen, starting long relief, whatever he needed to, to do to uh, to help the Red Sox in, in 18. So uh, it's um, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, with uh, – with the news that I guess JD Martinez yeah. is not going to play because of uh, his ankle, uh, you get a chance to play uh, Kyle Schwarber at first base, and uh, obviously I think he's a little bit better uh, suited for that position. Um, and he's a left-handed hitter with that short porch down in uh, in right field, so that could help the Red Sox a little bit. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. If, you know, if you look at the uh, positionals and everything, I think the Yankees match up and are probably favored in all the positions more than what the Red Sox are, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch, no doubt about it. And I heard earlier today uh, somebody was breaking down this game and said, what starter is pitching into the sixth inning? There's your winner. So, you know, what what about the the bullpens of these teams? If it gets into a bullpen game, how are you going to feel, Malcolm? I'm not going to feel really good. (laughs) Uh, I think think, uh, the Yankees will definitely have the advantage there. Uh, especially with Chapman, but then again, it depends on which Chapman you get. You know, what yeah. I mean? so uh, uh, the Red Sox have uh, Matt Barnes. I mean, they're he's he's okay. Uh, he's nothing. He's nothing great. But uh, I think the advantage goes to the Yankees. Uh, you know, when you think of everything, especially you know what uh, we well, got: Chad Green, you got Clay Holmes. I mean, you got Chapman. You got uh, Jonathan uh, Loiza. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. But uh, the Red Sox don't have much. You got Garrett Whitlock. And, you know, pretty much Matt Barnes, and that's it. Malcolm Gray joining us, Red Sox fans. We'll be excited watching tonight. Malcolm, let's look at uh, the rest of the MLB playoffs. The winner of this game takes on the Rays. And I, I saw a, uh, a tweet, Malcolm, that had every level of the Rays organization Starting at the big leagues, they won the AL East. Every other level like won a championship this year. So not only are they good at the big league level, they have somehow uh, put together a dynamic farm system as well, and, and we see it every year. They're just up there at the top with sometimes not the biggest names in baseball. So they've done it again. You've got to really appreciate what they've done as an organization, and, and they're going to be tough for whoever wins this game. Do you give the Red Sox or Yankees a, a shot to beat the Rays uh, in the playoffs this year? I, I really don't. I mean, I'm sitting here looking. Uh, you know, I was looking at everything earlier today, and if uh, you know, I was a betting man type deal, I'd put the money on the Rays. I think the Rays have the best team in, in the American League, and, uh, and just what you just said, the reason they were able to win again this year is because their organizational uh, they've shown during, you know, through their, throughout their organization, winning at every level. And obviously the early, uh, you know, the younger levels, you know, single A, sometimes double A, it's not about winning championships. It's about developing players. Well, obviously they're doing both. And I just, I don't see anybody beating the race. Um, you know, maybe the Astros, but if that, if it comes to that, I'm pulling for the race hundred percent all the time. Well, you say maybe the Astros, so do you have Houston winning their series against Chicago, which gets underway Thursday, 4.07 on Fox Sports 1. you like uh, the Astros in that one? I do just because of home field. That's it. I mean, it, it, you know, other than that, if you take the home field away, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the White Sox could beat them. And, uh, but with, with, with home field, it's such a big thing. You know, that one extra game, it means a lot. And uh, I, I really think that uh, it will be Houston, unfortunately, and 
the Rays, and I will be pulling for the Rays on that one if that happens. Always interested to see how these teams play, Malcolm, that have not had pressure on them in like two or three months, right? I mean, the White Sox and Astros pretty much dominated their divisions, especially the White Sox there in the Central. So they've just kind of been coasting. Uh, interested to see how those teams come out on Thursday, finally playing uh, playing for something when they just they haven't really had to in a long time. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is why you make the trades. This is why you do all the training and, you know, workouts and extra BP throwing sessions and stuff like that is because it matters now. And, and uh, you know, for teams who have been kind of tested, and, and I say that, you know, could the Yankees or the Red Sox, you know, maybe get by Tampa? There's a shot. I don't, you know, don't see it really happening. But, you know, they've been battling and, and fighting for something, so they have that edge. But at the same time, you know, they've been doing it for so, you know, trying to get into the postseason. Are they tired? Are they overexerted? Whereas Tampa is fresh and has got everything set up the way they want. Malcolm Gray joining us looking at the National League wild card game coming up Wednesday night. I still think the favorite in the NL is the Dodgers. I know they're the wild card team. Uh, the Giants had a 107 win season and uh, are the top seed in the National League, but I still think it goes through LA. Now, the Cardinals could really spoil the party, Malcolm, and they have been the hottest team in baseball, of course, over the last month with that incredible winning streak. If they get by the Dodgers, it really opens things up in the National League. I think if the Dodgers win, that series against the Giants obviously is going to be awesome. What do you think about uh, the National League wild card game? Do the Cardinals with old man Wainwright have a shot uh, to knock off the Dodgers and stay hot? Yeah, I, I think they do. I think this is kind of a toss up. Um, you know, obviously not looking past uh, this game, but you know, uh, you know, coming into the season, I was thinking the Dodgers would be there. I didn't think San Francisco would be there at all. I thought the Braves would be there. I thought the Brewers would be there. But, well, you know, the Giants did something that no other Giants team's ever done. They won 107 games in a season. I think the last time they won, well, 106 was a franchise record, was like in 1904 or something like that. Um, but, you know, with the Dodgers, anything can happen. Uh, I would assume they're probably going to uh, throw Scherzer. Uh, do, I do not know, but you do have Wainwright on the mound. And, what the Cardinals have been able to do this year was just unbelievable. That winning streak of 17, 18 games, what it was, and they won like 23 out of 24 or something like that, insane. And they got the hot bat right now. They, they're like walking on cloud nine. They can't lose. But, you know, again, it's playing for something. And, you know, I think the uh, wild card in all this is if the Dodgers can get past St. Louis, how does the Dodgers look matching up with possibly no Kershaw because he has a – has a four uh, tightness in his forearm, so that could be hmm. a big key as well. But uh, I think the, this game is going to be fun to watch, and whoever wins between the Cardinals and, and L.A., I'll definitely be pulling for them against the Giants because I am not a Giants fan at all. Uh, Malcolm, the Brewers won 95 games during the regular season. They will host the Braves. I, I said this earlier in the show that – I, with Acuna hurt and Soroka and, and all the injuries the Braves went through, I was kind of, yeah, I was following them. I, I was glad that they won and eventually won the East, but I wasn't really excited for the postseason. But I've kind of talked myself into thinking the Braves can make a little run here. Their lineup, I think, is better than Milwaukee's. If it comes down to pitching, you might say advantage Brewers, but I give the Braves a, a fighting shot against the Brewers. How about you? Uh, I absolutely do as well. I think, uh, you know, the way Riley's been playing yeah. for the Braves has been, has been uh, unbelievable. And then you've got old Mr. Cool, Common Collective at first base and Freddie Freeman. And, 
Uh, I, you know, um, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but I, I agree with you. I, I like. <laughs> hey, look, you're off the hook, Malcolm, because you picked the Braves preseason. I said that. Well, there's the kiss of death, but you're right. They won the division, so you're you're off the hook. You can you can say whatever you want now. Okay, well then I like the Braves. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad to hear you say that, Malcolm. You know your stuff. So, uh, no, I think they can hang with them. And again, if the Cardinals beat the uh, the Dodgers. I, you know, I'm just scared of the Dodgers. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm not really that afraid of these other teams in the NL. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the key, again, another key for the Dodgers is having a healthy lineup. Um, you also have Trey Turner. I mean, the guy's been playing unbelievable this year. Mookie Betts, who's one of my all time favorites, you know, he's kind of been in and out, you know, with injuries this year. How healthy is he going to be? Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if Bellinger is even still playing. I haven't heard much about him lately, so I'm not sure. Uh, you know, that'd be uh, a Brian Meador question because he's a big Dodgers fan. <laughs> but uh, that could—you're right—that could be fun, and and it could be—it could be scary. The Dodgers could be scary, and again, they're—you know—they're the defending champs. You know, so let's uh, let's see what happens. Malcolm Gray joining us for Pirate fans tuning in. Malcolm, when do we get some ECU fall baseball going? What any dates we need to know about coming up? Uh, they've already started. Uh, excuse me. They started fall practice uh, last week, so they scrimmage every weekend. Um, you know, at home, uh, you need to tune into the ECU uh, baseball Twitter account, which is uh, ECU Pirates BSB. Uh, they do have, I think, the purple gold is I want to say around the November seventh weekend, and then uh, which will also meet the Pirates will be that Sunday afterwards. Okay. And then they do have two false scrimmages, uh, one versus Liberty, I think, on the 24th of October here in Greenville, and then on October 30th in Virginia. So those are some dates that uh, that uh, Pirate fans need to be uh, watching out for so they can go out and try to get a good glimpse of uh, of what the uh, 2022 team could be like. Awesome. Good info. Well, uh, looking forward to talking to Malcolm Gray at the turn of the calendar and uh, getting some ECU baseball talk going. And uh Malcolm, uh, exciting time to talk a little pirate football too with the three-game win streak. We hadn't seen this in a long, long time. So I, I know uh, a lot of pirate fans were just ready to move on to Cliff Godwin and ECU baseball, but this winning streak has uh, a lot of pirate fans buying back into this team. It's uh, some exciting stuff. It, it is. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun watching these guys play the uh, you know the last couple weeks, and obviously the uh, the Marshall game. Uh, I was there, and now. Happened to be on the field uh, when you know when they scored it to win the game, and then you know Jaquan McMillan, who's been playing out of his mind, you know making that catch to secure the win, and uh, and I just think they put a total effort, dominant effort in against the Tulane team that that was pretty good, and uh, and so yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know uh, the guys are are uh, you know having fun, which is what it's all about. When you're not having fun, you know crazy things can happen, and. And uh, but they're having fun. They trust one another. They're playing good football right now. And let's just see if we can try to get four in a row and go into the break. Uh, you know, the off week with a four and two record. No doubt, Malcolm Gray joining us. Malcolm, good luck to your Bo Sox tonight. We will talk to you again soon. And uh, thank you to Chandler and Shirley for being quiet, please. Thank you. Can you be quiet, please. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Had to hit you with that one more time. Thank you, Malcolm. See you, buddy. All right, buddy. Take take care. There is Malcolm Gray joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Red Sox-Yankees tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Shirley, what's your prediction? Prediction? I predict it's a party in Fenway. A party in Fenway. Yeah. All right. 
I am predicting. I would love to see the it. The Yankees will be sent home, and they have to sit for another year while we enjoy the win of a wild card and going to the postseason, baby. All right. Uh, Shirley Rhodes has made the call. Stephen Igo with a slight head shake. We'll of course, to- he's going to be completely opposite Steve of what I'm saying. I don't know say. anything about baseball. He, the Mariners <laughs> lost. He's he's out of it. He's he's moved on to other things. I've been there, done that. So uh coming up tonight, looking forward to it. Should be fun. Take a timeout, come back. Steven Igo joins us. We'll make some picks. We'll talk pirates and more after these words. listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make seven hundred dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa it's the easiest way to make extra money start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive make up to seven hundred dollars in a month and save lives now at griffles biomat usa a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty. Back with you on a Tuesday edition of PRL. Nice little horn solo here. It's pretty good. Man. Good stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is like actually good good music here. If you ever go to an NFL game, there's like these little like street bands that are playing with trumpets and stuff. This is what it sounds like. Sounds like you're right outside the Superdome in New Orleans. Yeah. Right, yeah. Really good stuff. I go. How you like me back to uh, some Pirate Talk days with B-Pace where he would just let it run. <laughs> He'd play like a song per, per episode. Pirate Talk with B-Pace. Sports Beat with B-Pace. We hear from B-Pace on the fifth quarter. I go. It was a fun fifth quarter on Saturday night as the Pirates knocked off Tulane. Kudos to you. You, uh, you, you, you got a good point. And I heard uh, this on a promo that or actually it might have been when i was re-watching our uh, picks from last week because i couldn't find the sheet but you said for whatever reason east carolina <laughs> for them to play well needs to have adversity they have to either play poorly the previous week they have to be slighted they have to be called an underdog you know that for whatever reason east carolina needs that motivation you said you saw it coming uh and and and, and turning into a win against Tulane. So kudos to you for that because you were all over it because that was the most complete performance we've seen not only this year, but maybe in the Mike Houston era. He even said it today at his press conference. That's the team. That's the performance he wants to see week in, week out. Uh, and it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, you know, I, I expected them to play well. I don't know if I expected them ever to play that well. I mean, I, I thought Tulane would have come in desperate, and maybe they did, but ECU just – punched him in the mouth so many times i mean i have i just don't remember that many big hits by the defense or special teams since the skip holtz days i mean they were just absolutely laying the wood and they were all clean shots to the chest to the abdomen i mean they 
legitimately knocked out three or four two-lane players like from the game. Granted, they came back. I think they just got the wind knocked out of them. But they set the tone early in all phases, offensive line, offensively. Uh, the special teams, Mooney, Ramsour, Taji Hudson had a nice tackle. I mean, they were getting the ball to the 15-yard line, and eventually Tulane was just like, all right, let's just start calling for a fair catch because this is not going well. And I think they just set the tone throughout the entire game. The defense was laying the wood. Uh, Stringer, Saba, Jaquan McMillan, all 175 pounds of them just crushing folks. So it really was a complete performance. I mean, you hold any AAC offense, especially Tulane, to less than – 30 points this day and age i think you're going to take that a lot and you score 50 plus and the crazy thing is they could have had 60 if they really would have executed uh, for the entire game it was uh it was great to see and the, the run game keaton mitchell you know and Raji harris gets overlooked had 70 tough yards physical yards yep. and he got into the end zone also uh the coming out party for ryan jones i asked uh, a lot of the players yesterday on the players lounge about him they said he's been working hard in practice and it was great to see him finally have uh, a bit of a breakout game. Our uh, tight end receptions number going into the year, that's already hit the over, right? Yeah. Or yeah. well over 15. I think your bold point, prediction so. was a quite the fail. Oh, okay. You had to go. How are your bold predictions? Look uh, right they're now? looking pretty good, honestly, outside of a few. Uh-huh. I mean, but um, I mean, we're well on our way. I think we just need a Tyler Sneed punt return. I got Jaquan McMillan leading the AAC in interceptions. That's looking pretty good. All right. Fine. You're, you know your stuff. <laughs> Even your bold stuff that you admit are just guesses that you're throwing against the wall. I mean, they're educated guesses slash hopeful prognostications. But here's the thing. I mean, I said the Charleston Southern game, like, I just think people were overreacting to it. Yeah, it looked ugly, but it was all about the two-lane game. Like, if they won the two-lane game, people are going to forget about Charleston Southern. Like, who's even thinking about how they won the Charleston Southern game? Nobody. You're right. So it's now it's like you beat Tulane. That was the most important game. So the fact that they were able to get the win versus Charleston Southern in the fashion they did may have been the best thing that happened to the team. Now it becomes, with each win, each each game becomes bigger. Exactly. Can you find a way to take that type of success, do it week in and week out, and do it on the road against a team that, since entering the American, has really dominated you? I've talked to Jeff Nadeau and Mark Daniels today. Jeff Nadeau, like... And I'm I'm nervous about this, but he he says UCF stinks. <laughs> then I talked to Mark Daniels, and he said why they stink, or at least why they stunk they, last week. They are super depleted, and Mark Daniels didn't sound confident. I go about a lot of those injured guys returning for ECU. How did y'all's uh, off record conversation go? Um, we tried. I, I think he hung up on us before we could hang up on okay. him. Okay. So it was again. He he probably won. Um. But before they leave for the Big 12 and we stop talking to Mark Daniels altogether, I'm going to hit him with a, uh, a hang-up. We'll talk about it off the air. Okay. All right. Um, but, yeah, no, they truly are banged up. Should we get our hopes up for this game as uh, as Pirate Faithful? Even if they're banged up, to me, UCF across the board has more talent. The thing you do like in this game is you have the experienced quarterback, but I think it's I think ECU's advantage in this game, in some respects, are, are canceled out by being on the road and by being in a place that they don't lose a lot. I, I don't know their record at home over the past handful of years, but I would venture to say it's very good, especially in conference play. Um, it's a tough place to play. I think ECU will go down there and compete. 
and Be- really really give them all they can handle. But closing them out on their home field is another deal. Um, you know, we saw Cam Good basically guarantee a win for the home fans. Again, that's a nothing burger. I mean, when you drop the word guarantee, it turns into a something burger. To who? To me. Why? He guaranteed a win over ECU. So what happens if they lose? He has to come in butt naked. I mean, no, exactly. <laughs> Nothing happens. I'm just saying, like... It, it makes for a cool soundbite after the game when I, I ask guess. Yeah. some ECU player about, hey, this guy guaranteed a win. I mean, really, it's not a big deal, but it's something. <laughs> it's something else ECU can use. And you know what's the best ECU is, Clip? A hungry... The motivated ECU is the best ECU. I know. That's your line, and, and uh, that's a good line. I mean, you can spin it all you want if you're ECU when you get the guarantee word. And, and, you know, the reality is once the ball is kicked off and guys are crushing each other on the first and second play of the game, nobody remembers that. It's more about execution, how you perform on the field. Now, if so he's a defensive tackle. Defensive tackle, yeah. Who's blocking him on the interior? Fernando uh, Fry, Fry Avery Jones. So, like, after every play, Fry's pancaking him, and it's like, guarantee? <laughs> like, then it becomes something. Yeah. That, I just don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, no. It's it's, <laughs> it's not a huge deal, but people on Twitter are eating it up. Yeah, yeah. So, that's good for that, I guess. Um, It, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it, it gives us something to talk about on Tuesday of game week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's better than when ECU's playing Charleston Southern. I just hope like none of the ECU players guarantee a win. Coming they're, off of that, oh, they're, they're oh, you gonna... guarantee a win. I guarantee a win. That would be super lame. I think they've been educated not to respond to that publicly. I think at this point, saying I guarantee something when and having no stakes behind it is lame. I mean, it's the well. I mean, that's kind of like what was the point of the statement? It's the most pointless word in sports when when guys do that scotty montgomery guaranteed a bowl game one time <laughs> exactly remember that? yeah i do and it was a nothing burger like what well, why he, do he that did get fired yeah but that was not part of the contract they didn't write that into the contract it was because he had sucked for two previous years along with that year either way back to the original point how fun is it that we're talking about this being a meaningful game very it's, fun uh, can you not tell i'm having fun <laughs> I'm about to leave right now. <laughs> ECU and U- ECU is going to UCF clip. Yep. They have a shot to win this game. They're flying or bussing? I think they're flying. If they're bussing to Orlando, then something's wrong. <laughs> All right. You just said they're going there. I just wanted to know how they were well, getting they're there. They're bussing to the airport, and then they're flying. Okay. And if they win this game. If they win this game. Then what? We're having conversations about conference championships and yeah, it was already dropped on the fifth quarter by Kyle yeah. Lagrange. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll we'll just see. But my my, you know, I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna expect. Or I'm not gonna expect. I'm picking UCF to win this game, and I'm picking UCF to cover because I feel like this is going to be a challenge for ECU. UCF is gonna. They're coming off two straight losses on the road. They're coming back home. They're going to be motivated. You know, part of me does wonder if this Gus Malzahn thing. Yeah. We talked about it like it's either going to be really good or really bad. I thought it would be good. It would not shock me at all if uh, what if they just, if things just completely go off the rails yeah. and like ECU goes up there and wins by three touchdowns. They just lost to Navy who couldn't get a first down. Yeah, so I, again, I don't know. I mean, it. they're starting a true freshman quarterback. Like, that's a complete unknown. The guy could be extremely overwhelmed or he could be very confident against the Blitz and eat ECU up. So, like, 
there's so many unknowns in this game. I tell you who they could use right now, Mackenzie Milton. They could use Mackenzie Milton. And so that you know, that's the toughest thing about managing the quarterbacks, man. You you, you need more than one more yeah. times than not, but it's tough to get more than one. Steve and I go here. We'll take a timeout, come back. We got to make some college football picks. We got to, I need to have a discussion with Igo. Do you want to do the ECU basketball game by game predictions today or save it for the bye week? Mm. I'm leaning towards save it for the bye week. I think we'll save it for the bye. I think we got enough to discuss. Yeah, we got, we got more to discuss with Igo. When we return, hour three of Pirate Radio Live, our ECU Bud Light report rolls on after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. And if you have a dream of a backyard patio fireplace or a pool walkway, a fire pit, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes outdoor showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live, Hour 3. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Steven Igo from Hoist the Colors, Russell tuning in, um, at Smith69 Rusty on Twitter says ECU is currently 41 to 1 to win the American. Cincinnati's minus 385. If I had a boat ton of money, I would just load up on Cincinnati. That seems very low to me. Only minus 385. So, yeah, that uh, seems too easy. I mean, I don't. I don't Can trust. Smooth? Do they no, play in no. the regular season? Yeah, they do. They play at Cincinnati. I think the second to last game, or mm. I think it's. Uh, I can't remember. If it might be right before the ECU game, but I expect Cincinnati to just hammer SMU. I mean, they went to SMU and hammered them last year. Do you think Cincinnati plays a one-score game this year in league play? Yeah, against uh, East Carolina. East Carolina Pirates, mm-hmm. the Eastern. East I mean, their schedule University of East Carolina Pirates. You know, at Navy, at Tulane, back-to-back is is trickier, I think, than people might think. What people? Co- your average college football fan. Who thinks that going to Navy and Tulane back-to-back is not tricky? I don't know. I just wonder what people you're talking about, like non-VIP people? Yeah, like non-VIP. Non-VIP people? NIP people. Um, is UCF tricky anymore? Mm. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, there's no way he's back for that game, right? That's only a week away. He had a uh, what was his injury? It Broken sounds bad. Collarbone, clavicle. Yeah, yeah. Clavicle sounds bad. I don't know if it's clavicle or collarbone. Are I'm they pretty the sure it's thing? clavicle. I don't know. I don't like the sound of a clavicle injury. It is know? clavicle. Yeah, okay. that just sounds bad. Uh, so yeah, he's out extended at Navy. I don't know. Cincinnati's defense is so good. I, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think they have really just stymied Navy when they've played. Tulsa knows. That's how Florida knows. It's going to come down to smooth. Dude, Vegas loves some Tulsa. 
Did you see they were favored again this week over Memphis by like six to yeah. open? Weird. Very and they weird. just lost to Houston like forty two to three. They were favored against Houston. What's going on? Is, what are what is what is Tulsa's odds to are win? Are they the only American? looking at like last year? I don't know. They forgot to to update their numbers. Um, what do you think about Houston? And this is not oh, this is on our sheet. I'll get uh, I'll get your thoughts on that in a moment. Another AAC game uh that I want to ask you about. All right, but uh Pirates UCF, UCF's banged up. Igo says that UCF will still win the game, but I got to tell you, the closer we get to Saturday, this is going to be one of those games where I'm going to build it up by Saturday at 5.55 that East Carolina can go in there and win this game. I, I got that feeling. I mean, I definitely think they can go in there and win. It's just... Which I, I didn't I, think this time last week. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Yeah. I have to I have to see it to believe. Like, to me, if UCF was coming to ECU, I would almost pick an ECU win, but I just think it's a completely different scenario going to UCF with them coming off two straight losses including a bad loss i just think it's they and they're two and zero at home oh yeah, two on the road it's not a great spot for ecu to travel to ucf other than the injuries so you know they're they're really gonna have to play well in all phases I, and ucf's been very talented still i mean they lost some pieces to the draft their defense has not been great this year but their front four still very good um so it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a game where ecu has to execute at a high level and they can't lose the turnover battle should we schedule a midweek game with like Elon, maybe beat them by seven points just to get everybody pissed off again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, I, I wonder if North Carolina Central or, yeah, you know, maybe Charleston Southern's up for a rematch. Although I said last week, if they played again, that EC would win by like 30. Uh, we are on Facebook Live. I didn't realize that. We have a lot of messages. So I don't know. Um, what did, what did you do you think we weren't streaming today uh facebook has been an issue an issue and it uh, looks like we got that figured out um the <laughs> okay I, I called it a nothing burger mike said you said it could be a something burger uh mike says the dude who gave us a something burger is being blocked by a guy named fry that's just an interesting <laughs> coincidence thank you for that mike um Steve says, what is a boat ton? That is a large amount of something. Brennan says, what is a clavicle? You yeah, know, this is the, this thing, right? Is is your clavicle your you just give me the finger? <laughs> this thing. Stop. We are live. Hey, yeah. Eli, chill out. What is a clavicle? Let's see what so Google says. Collarbone? Um, it's the same thing. A clavicle fracture is a break in the yeah. collarbone. One of the bones in the shoulder. You are exactly right. Good call, yeah. I guess. Right here. <laughs> Things are getting worse. Hey, y'all are doing good over there, by the hey, way, thanks, too. Man. Yeah. Um, I think I'm about to leave. Where, you're heading right over there? <laughs> hey, the door's that way. <laughs> All right. Um, ECU, UCF, anything else we missed on that? Uh, just very interested to see what the status is. You know, we've talked about Gabriel, but uh, the Bowser kid, the running back, um, can we go into Bowser's castle and pick up the win? Get the princess. Bowser. Uh, Who's your go-to on Mario Kart? Uh, Yoshi. Mm, good call. Good call. Anyways, back to Bowser. Um, <laughs> he's a really good running back, physical. When he is not... What? A, what? Well, it's good, huh? 
Little addition to the uh, we got our picks. Okay, our I like that a lot. That's uh, really Chandler good. Chandler putting in a little extra work. Good work, buddy. Yeah, yeah, include right, stuff in the Y'all corner. have fun. I'm out of here. <laughs> long, hey, long, I'm leaving. Long day. I'm going out the door. All right, see you. Buddy. Wow, look at that record for both. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Talk about Bowser. Uh, Bowser's a difference maker at running back. Northwestern transfer Jalen Robinson. He burned ECU last year. Oklahoma transfer. He missed the last game too. It sounds like it's unlikely both those players will be good to go by Saturday. Your buddy Mark Daniels actually was on uh, a show last night in Orlando, said it sounds like they can miss a few more weeks. So we'll see what their status is. I mean, they're two playmakers. Interesting thing about UCF, uh, Brandon Johnson, Tennessee transfer, and Caden Robinson, Juco wide receiver. Both wide receivers could start Saturday. Both of them had ECU and UCF basically as their final two schools. Heard Houston talking about them earlier, right? Yep, and and chose uh, the Knights. I don't remember anything about this game from last year other than it was the opener in front of no crowd and UCF had a ton of false start penalties to start the That's game. That's right, yeah. Was it like three or four? It was It was more than two, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was like five. Um, and it was first and 25, and they still got a first down. Looks like the second quarter doomed the Pirates. It was 10-7 yeah. to seven going into the second quarter, and UCF outscored the Pirates 17 nothing. It was a competitive game to right before halftime, and they gave up a few explosive plays. There were a few busts, and Gabriel's so good. That offense is so good. They got warp speed. They could just score so quickly. All right. Um, well, you want to get to the picks? Absolutely. That's why I'm here. All right. Well, let's do that right now. ECU is a 10-point underdog against Central Florida. Igo, you have already stated, now this was in the 4 o'clock hour. Maybe things have changed since then. That Oh, by the way, I should say, last week I sucked. I went 1-4. and four. You went 3-2 and two to run our records, too. Steven in the lead, 15-9-1. and nine and one. I am 13-11-1. Both above 500. I mean, we're both I'll, going bowling. I'll take it. Um, Pirates, 10-point dogs. Are you taking the Knights? I am taking UCF. I think this will be like a one-score game for most of the game, and then UCF scores late to pull away, win by 10 to 14. So I'll, I'll take UCF to cover. Though I do think the more we get closer to kickoff, the more I'm going to want to pick ECU because I feel like if they can find a way to replicate most of last week and UCF still has these injuries, they can go in there and win the game. It's just yeah. a matter of can they play that good consistently? I have to see it before I can pick it. What if we get that defense playing against this inexperienced oh, quarterback? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do that. Pick them off? I mean. It can happen easily. Here's well, my issue. I suck at picking ECU games this year. I am 1-4 and four against the spread. I won by basically a – well, I won by a lot of points. I, I had ECU beating Charleston Southern by 24 and since the line was 25, I took Charleston Southern. <laughs> so I got lucky on that one. Um, so I'm not good at picking these ECU games this year. Uh, but I I want to take ECU in this game. And just go with your gut, man. Don't overthink it. Yeah, but... All right. I'll take, uh, I'll take the Pirates. Plus 10. I don't know. Uh, Mike says, Igloo says all their good players are out. They're still more talented than ECU. Sounds like he's saying their second string is better than our best player. Sounds like a big time something burger. So now. I, okay. No. Even Igloo? Well, having four players out does not equate to an entire football team. Okay. 
like I'm saying, their lines and their secondary linebackers, they can all run. And like I said, Brandon Johnson, Cade Robinson, your two, and O'Keefe is a really good receiver. Their receivers basically ECU wanted. They went to UCF. And so, like, in my opinion, ECU did not get their top receiving targets as far as transfers this offseason because they went to UCF. So, you know, it, it, UCF has been out recruiting ECU since entering the American, basically. And so they're going to have more talented players more probably more times than not. Now, that doesn't mean ECU in its scheme and with its experience, and especially experienced quarterback, can't outplay UCF. It's just going to take a high level of execution. But, I mean, certainly not having Gabriel, not having Bowser and Robinson potentially could uh, help even things up quite a bit. You said something really interesting there. I go, they have a guy named O'Keefe, right? Yep. I had a buddy growing up, Brian O'Keefe. His parents were from Massachusetts, moved down here to North Carolina. Big Red Sox fan. I think I'm taking the Red Sox tonight. I have nothing to add to what you said about the uh, UCF game. It's all about the O'Keefe factor in this Boston game tonight. That's good to know. All right. Glad I could help you. Thank you. Oklahoma, Texas, Red River shootout. Can't say shootout. Just said it. I might get canceled. Oklahoma minus three and a half. Oklahoma. I want to take Texas in this game because Oklahoma. Just they play tight games. They've done it all year. They tried to pull away from K State last week, only won by six, I think. But it's only three and a half. I'm still taking Texas. You know what? I go one a wise man told me about four minutes ago to just trust my gut. I'm taking Texas. I think this is the week it all comes together and Oklahoma wins by double digits. I hear you, and it might be. The problem is I've been thinking that for about four weeks now, and it hasn't. But maybe this is it. Sooners. All right, I'll take the Longhorns. Iowa is home. Iowa is home against Penn State. You know where Slipknot is from? Iowa. Really? That doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Matt says, put that igloo comment up in the locker room. Roger Harris is a big Slipknot fan. Yeah, I saw his shirt. We didn't get a chance. Still to, waiting uh, on the answer. Oh, Mike says igloo is going to pull a hammy with all that backpedaling. Mike's just got Mike's it out just for you coming today. after me, man. Yeah. Come on, Mike. He's got... <laughs> uh, Kenny says ECU 41 to 28. He says, start believing. This team is good. Kenny, what did he pick? 41 28 Byrds. I'd love to believe. I tell you what, if that happened, man, I'm just going to stay in Orlando and party for a while. How long? Through the bye week. Who's you? You need me to look after Erica and uh, Slater? Yeah, please. I'm. It's me and Zach Maskowitz are just going to be on there tearing it up. <laughs> oh, you catching up with Zach this summer? Yeah, again? texting him. Uh, oh man, I'm going to. Well, I, I'm. I want to. He said he wants to get beers uh, Friday night after he gets off work. But like my bedtime right now is like nine o'clock, and, and he like, gets off work at midnight. Yeah, probably so. So. I might have to just like go to bed at nine and meet him at like three a.m. somewhere. <laughs> Six o'clock kickoff, so you'll have time yeah. to you know get that out of your system before the game. All right, uh, where oh Iowa two point favorites against Penn State. Did you watch any of Iowa and Maryland the other night? I'm gonna say no. Maryland had four turnovers in the first twenty minutes. They were on pace one point for like sixteen turnovers. Uh, and that is what Iowa does. We I had a conversation with Bailey. This is unrelated to this, but it's about flukes. If Taylor Heineke keeps having these 
weird, miraculous touchdowns, fluke touchdowns, but he keeps doing it all the time. Is it a fluke or is it just what he does? If I was not really that great offensively, but they keep turning teams over four or five times a week, getting pick sixes, scoring on defense, are those fluky touchdowns or is that what they do? Um, I don't know. Uh, this is in Iowa, right? Well, it's this is in Iowa. Slipknot, are they performing at halftime? Slipknot could or could not be. That is a great question. Let's say they are. Who would you pick? <laughs> oh, I'd pick Iowa. Let's it, say they're not. Who would you pick? Now, the uh, Iowa uh, State Fair, Slipknot plays there every year, and it's just a madhouse. That is such a weird thing, like... Because they do the whole mask, paint, weird mm-hmm. stuff. There were uh, there were three Marshall fans at the ECU Marshall game rock, rocking uh, Slipknot costumes, which is pretty funny. I feel like this is the like the O'Keefe story I told, where you I jumped on the yeah. Red Sox tonight. You got to go with Iowa. I'm going with Iowa all the way, and honestly, I I think they win by ten. Honestly, I think they should be your secondary team at this point. I think they might be actually. Okay. I, they're extremely boring. Um, outside of Dallas Clark. <laughs> and all their other tight ends. Did Noah Fant go there? He did. They had two tight ends drafted yeah, in the first round. Hawkinson. Who was the other one along TJ with TJ Hawkinson? But were they drafted the same year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> but who was the other guy? Noah Fant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, TJ Hawkinson. You know what the total is in this game? This is a college uh, football game in 2021. 47 40 and a half 40 and a half <laughs> yes. man for a college football so game so they're expecting like 21 and 19 yeah um Penn St- Penn St- Penn State I'm taking Penn State what is uh by the way the winner of this game what are the, what is their future schedule like like uh, what are, what are the playoff chances for Iowa if they win this game they still got nobody good grief at wisconsin you know what if you could bet on iowa to make the playoff now might be the time to do it they still would have to beat ohio state likely in the championship <clears throat> at wisconsin is really their only test i guess wisconsin's look bad but i mean even northwestern and nebraska on the road nebraska who i think is that on the sheet they might we, beat Michigan no. this week. We better not be picking a Nebraska game. Um, but look, Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois. Iowa has – this is a huge game for them. Tony Peterson's offense, though. I mean, you that, know what? That could create some problems. Let's see what uh, Penn his, State's got. His offense there. really gets going late in the season. <laughs> uh, Penn State has at Ohio State, at Maryland, could be tricky, at Michigan State – Penn and Michigan at home. Penn State's got a brutal schedule. Yeah. Iowa has nothing. Um, I'm taking Penn State, though, to ruin Iowa's chances at a, uh, a special season. Here's Are we the one- on all opposite sides right now? Yes. Here's the one I was uh, going to ask you about earlier. What do you think about Houston only being a six-point favorite at Tulane? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I think. I like Tulane to win the game. I like Tulane to win the game as well. Really? I'm not sold on the Houston hype. I watched that game, and they look good. Don't get me wrong. And I think they're a top half of the American team. But, man, Tulsa, that was one of the worst played games. I don't know if they're that bad or they just had a terrible night. But they were, like, fumbling the snap, throwing balls in the dirt, dropping balls. 
just doing all sorts of stupid stuff busted coverages weak tackling it was it was a pathetic display so I'm going um I'm going too late. <laughs> okay. You're saying Houston might not be that good. Yes. Um and I'm taking Tulane as well. They didn't look very good last week. Michigan. Oh, we are picking to Michigan oh, Nebraska. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'm taking the... I don't care about this game. We're picking how many Big 10 games? Yeah, I know. Uh, you know why I did that? I wanted to get away from the SEC. Like Kentucky plays LSU, Georgia, Auburn, but we did so many SEC. I wanted to get away from it. I did not mean to pick two Big Ten games. My apologies. I'd rather pick like a Conference USA game. All right, you know what? Let's do it right now. I'm gonna find the best Conference USA. Because I'll be honest, I've not watched Michigan, and I would have picked Nebraska because I hate overrated teams. And you know what is an overrated team every year? Michigan. Ooh. This is actually a good game. UTSA at Western Kentucky. Is it? Yeah, UTSA is good. Western Kentucky has that Zap guy. Who the heck is Zap? And West Kentucky's one and three. I know, but they're a good. They're the best one and three team in the country. I go look who they played. They lost to Army in a great game. They lost to Indiana by two, and they lost at Michigan State. Uh, okay, we'll pick a different game. How about you pick the damn game? I come in here, do all this work during the day. You sit at home and do a VIP chat and act like you worked hard and then come in here and complain. So what game do you want to pick? UTEP and Southern Miss. All right. I will tell you. So UTEP's a two-point favorite. (laughs) UTEP minus two, Southern Miss. All right, let's talk about this game as if it were the Conference USA days. You knew a lot about UTEP. Because that yeah, was your team was on team. the dynasty. Uh, um, they haven't been this good since like the early Mike Price days. So Austin Davis for Southern Miss is going to be a problem. They Trevor got... Vitito back for his 18th year at UTEP. Look, I like Mike Price as a coach, I go. But he's not a team I think can go on the road to play Jeff Bauer at the Rock and win this game. Right. So I'm taking Southern Miss plus the points. El Paso to Hattiesburg. Not an easy trip. Nightmare trip. You want to talk about two nightmare places to play, the Sun Bowl and the Rock. Yeah. And this one's at the Rock. I'm taking Southern Miss all day. All day. We smell what the Rock is cooking. You know what? I'm glad we added that game. We should do one nostalgia game. game Absolutely. And only break it down as if it were happening 10, 15 years ago. I love this. I'm really going to try and watch some of this game or at least follow it. It's on the three. Not even on the plus. It's on the trace. So let's take a timeout. We'll come back. One more segment to go with Steve and I go hoist the colors when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number 
number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, one more segment to go with Steve and I go from Hoist the Colors. Also, at the end of this segment, we'll make you a winner and open up the booty bag. And uh, we'll have a winner here on a Tuesday. All right, uh, what are you laughing at, Igo? I was not laughing. I was sighing. Oh, Steven Saigo. Um... Ariel Epstein popped up on Twitter. Ariel has a, um, she's getting a new gig. Has she announced it yet? I don't think so. And I was texting. I thought she was on MLB Network. I know. How awesome was that? Congratulations to Ariel Epstein, formerly of CTI 12. But I had uh, two guesses I was texting with her about what her new gig was. And both of my theories, both of my guesses were wrong. Like, I'll let her break the news. Right. But I guess some pretty obvious next stops for her that are in the sports gambling industry one of those is uh on tv right now and the other is the obvious one that everybody else is probably thinking barstool Marshall. and it's neither one of those so did she tell you what it was she did not and wow. i i told her um that uh i didn't even want her to say yes or no to my guesses and she said no to both of them so wow but uh, she's doing big things. We'll get her on the show soon. She does a great job. She, I don't know how random it is, I go, but she's like really good at player props, especially for I don't follow baseball as closely as you, but like pitcher strikeouts, right? And she's got all this data and stuff. It's crazy. It's uh, it's cool, you know, to see her find her way in the world, though. You know, when she left here, she, she had, carved out her own path. Yeah, she was a backup news anchor or sports anchor. So it's all, and she had always worked hard, but it's very cool to see to see her uh, succeed because uh, she's a hard worker does a really good job she's awesome i don't think her nor maskovich had the path you want to take in this industry right. as far as taking time off and being out there kind of on a wire without a net below you and it both paid off for yeah. them so maybe that is the path to go just take some time off and you'll find a job uh zach will talk to him later on in the week uh, at w-e-s-h in orlando and talk some UCF nights. Um, all right. What else do we want to talk to Igo about before he gets out of here? Sorry about your Mariners, Igo. Came up a, uh, I guess, technically two games short. <laughs> yeah, two games. Uh, <laughs> what a weirdo. Uh, you know, it made it easier to take the fact that the Red Sox came back and won because for a while there, it was looking like the Nats uh, were going to beat the Red Sox and therefore open up a door for the Mariners to get in with a win. And they just they just did not play well all weekend, and I hated. I was not surprised because you're talking about a franchise that has the longest drought in professional sports. They're playing at home, and yeah, the city finally rallied around them, but they had all that pressure on them to, hey, you have to get in. This is the year. A bunch of young players, and I think they just didn't play their brand of baseball. They they may have been better off just going on the road to play, and getting away from the pressure of being the longest pro sports drought as far as making the playoffs but the the bottom line is they weren't supposed to be here anyway they're They're not only like a year ahead of schedule they're like two yeah i mean they got still top 20 prospects in the next few years that are going to 
come up and they're going to be really good so i you know it sounds like they're going to spend some money this offseason to help complement the upcoming prospects kind of like the padres have done the last few years so looking forward to seeing who they uh who they can add this offseason i watch the nfl playoffs and my team's not in it a lot i watch the nba playoffs my team's hardly ever in it baseball i might watch the world series like i just i don't like baseball unless the braves are playing i go you're a baseball fan but you just had that taste of your team potentially being in the playoffs. So how much of the playoffs will you be watching? Traditionally, I love the wild card games. Um, winner take all games are great TV. Both teams are going to lay it all out there. Use well, the we got a unique matchup tonight, a one we don't see a lot. Yeah, and I was going to say I don't really want to watch it because I, I can't stand either team. I hope they both lose. I guess I'll pull for the Red Sox over the Yankees. I mean, I'll probably watch. The lesser of two evils. Definitely not fired up about it. Much more excited about Dodgers-Cardinals. Although the playoffs as a whole, just not excited about it. I mean, it's the same teams over and over. And so I'm pulling for the White Sox. I'm pulling for the Rays. Yeah. Even though the Rays have been been in they haven't won it before right the giants how about your little brotherly love i mean i'll pull for the giants over most of the nl teams i'll pull for the brewers for Corey, and because they're new yeah do you have any other teams that that you have friends that root for those teams that are in um no not that i can think about can't think of one i used to have this friend but he flicked me off earlier and now i can't think of now did you flick him off first or no i was pointing to my clavicle (laughs) <laughs> all right fair enough no nah, but uh, honestly i would like to see the braves win thanks but, i mean I, you know to, to think about it i honestly think they're probably my favorite nl team wow you really did a, t- uh, honestly, a 180 there forgot they're in the playoffs because they're that irrelevant without acuna yeah it kind of sucks but still got uh freddie freeman austin rally ozzy obby's playing well uh who, who led the uh, National League in RBIs this year, Stephen? Mr. Baseball Head. I have no idea. I'm going to guess uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, Adam Duvall. I mean, he spent half the year with another team. Does that even He count? spent half the year on the Marlins beating up on the Braves and then doing nothing against other teams. And then we were like, hey, maybe we should bring this guy <laughs> back. And they did, and he was uh, pretty great. All right, uh, Stephen, I love a little pettiness in the NFL – and we got the uh, some petty wars going on between the Broncos and the Ravens. Now, I saw Vic Fangio's comments on Monday where he said Baltimore running the ball the last play of the game when they could have taken a knee, but they wanted to get their 100-yard streak continued. Was He said the word S. He said it was BS, bull S. And then... He really went the extra mile and said, but we expect that from an organization like that. Like, he really went in on uh, on John Harbaugh and the Ravens, so there's bad blood there. John Harbaugh then responded something to the effect of, well, I didn't know there was a 16-point play. They're calling timeouts with the time running out. So both of these guys just keep doubling down instead of being like, I'll be the bigger man here and step back. No, forget a bigger man. Let's keep going at each other. So apparently there's a history there. I go, I didn't know about any of this until uh, Monday, really. Yeah, so Fangio used to work for uh, Jim in Baltimore for a couple years. He also worked for, wait, John in Baltimore, Jim in San Francisco. And so he's worked for the Harbaugh's. I think he gets along much better with Jim Harbaugh than John Harbaugh. 
Uh, but I noticed during the game that there were a few Broncos players like on the Ravens sideline, and like John Harbaugh was over there like talking smack with him. You can see like they're kind of like going back and forth. I'm like, usually you just don't see that from a coach, and so I don't know. It, it definitely is interesting that he would say that. Like you said, saying it's BS is one thing, but to then be like, we expect that from the Ravens. Yeah, just basically calling them like classless. League. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know it'll be interesting to see the fallout from that because usually when you make a comment like that you better make sure you're squeaky clean on your end but Fangio is an old school guy I mean he's been in the league nearly 40 years it's his first time as a head coach in his third season uh so but he he knows the ways of the league he's been in the pros for most of that time so he's uh you know I, I, I at first I wasn't crazy about the comments, but then the more I thought about it, the more I like it. Like, because I like to see some emotion from my head coach, and was yeah. glad to see it. And it's his last year because he's going to be fired after this year because the Broncos are about to go into a free fall. Unfortunately, agree or disagree? Uh, disagree. They you will... think they have a good enough team to stick around? Yeah, with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I, I apologize to Teddy B for being mad when they named him to start over Drew Lock because Drew Lock looked like absolute dog crap. Did he accept your apology? I don't know. He's concussed right now, so he's not allowed to take questions. <laughs> uh, let's go schedule watching at Pittsburgh. W. That is a win. Pittsburgh is awful. And then that sets you up. You beat Pittsburgh, I go. You're four and one looking and that is a huge game W against the Raiders that you're calling the W. Lost. That would set up a huge game. Thursday night. Oh, uh, that's a Thursday yeah, night. That's a loss. And then the hugest game of the year against the Washington football team. You got – that is a tough schedule. It is though, a really Steven. tough schedule. Raiders at Browns. Washington's not really tough, but that could go either way. At Dallas is almost a – you can guarantee a loss because they are great. Uh, Eagles at home, you should win that. Chargers at home, tough. Chiefs at away, loss. Man. It doesn't let up. You definitely, got, yeah. I mean, they definitely got, threw your easy. Part. They got the easiest part of the schedule down. I think in reality they're like a nine and. I can see and, that nine and eight. Yeah, maybe ten and seven team. Is that enough to keep Fangio around? I think it's playoffs or bust. The thing is, what kind of is Bridgewater a one and done? He's got two years left on his deal, so he might go into next year might. as a starter if he comes back and plays well. All right. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Pittsburgh, like, even though they're bad, they're going to be desperate this weekend, so that's not going to be an easy game. I think if they can find a way to win that, they'll be okay. Does, if they lose that, I'm concerned. Does Urban Meyer make it 17 games? No. Yes, I tend to agree with you. If he goes ahead and gets fired now, he could get take the US, USC job. I, I think that was – I just think he's gone by – Were you about by. to say that's his plan? I don't He's know what his plan, I don't know what his plan is at this point, but he clearly just has he gives zero. You know what? Yeah, it appears that uh, way. I mean, I just don't know how you do that. Like this day and age, like you, I mean, yeah, everybody knows that you can't if you're a public figure be out there doing what he was doing. Yeah, weird move by a weird guy. You can buy his books though now about leadership and. <laughs> how to behave i think i'm gonna pass on that okay uh check out hoistacolors.net um uh, i gave you a uh i gave you a like uh, uh upvote i got I, I noticed that on the vip takeaways article that was a really good article i i was honestly shocked i thought you 
because you get a little notification in the green bell uh thing when people like you and it said cb3 like one of your posts and i thought it was going to be some like you know facetious <laughs> where you talk junk smart or sarcastic. Like, yeah. yeah no it was it a legitimate was, post yeah it was uh some good insight uh check that out the vip chat all the uh great talks going on right now over at hoistthecolors.net as i go we get you said had a uh, article today on the quarterback transfer that visited over the weekend interesting interesting and you'll start to see more and more hoops and uh malcolm gray dropped some dates for uh some fall baseball Mm -hmm. coming up too so we're getting into that time where everything kind of overlaps it'll be fun and uh certainly busy have a good trip to orlando we'll call you on the pregame show and uh get your final thoughts on ecu and ucf sounds good looking forward to it hopefully uh we're celebrating four straight dubs next tuesday steve and i go go down the entire basketball schedule and predict the wins and losses it's something we do every year why i don't know but it's a lot of fun and we're always way wrong way wrong all right uh shirley rhodes let's make somebody a winner Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. Shirley, what are we giving away on this lovely Tuesday late afternoon? I am going to give away a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. You don't say. I do say. All right, fine. 317-1250. How about that? $25 gift card. ENS can be yours if you are a caller. Number 10. 10. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 20 20- locations to serve you quality equipment is open in winterville next to sam's club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you and congratulations to bobby raspberry of winterville picked up a 25 dollars gift card to ens hemp company uh, have you been waiting before trying cbd well ens hemp is the area's leader in cbd and they want to educate you on how their products work get relief from stress anxiety fatigue pain and ptsd today at ens hemp on fire tower road near sam jones barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com now let's head back in to prl here's clip brock all right, uh, Bobby Raspberry, trivia regular Bobby. at uh, AJ's on Wednesday nights. Braves fan as well. Congratulations on the dub there, Mr. Raspberry. All right, uh, Shirley, let's hear uh, some more Mike Houston comments before we uh, take our final break and get out of here on a Tuesday. Our Bud Light EC report. Grab a Bud Light coming up this Saturday as you watch the Pirates take on the Knights. Also, grab a Bud Light while you tune into the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Uh, Mike Houston, three, he was asked uh, if he expects US, UCF to bounce back after losing to a struggling Navy team on Saturday. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Navy, the Navy team I saw on film this week and the Navy team I saw against Marshall were two different teams. And you, you knew that, that, that Ken would get everything fixed up there. I mean, you knew he would. And 
Uh, and that triple option offense, when it's when it's humming, it's 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 a challenge. And you know, so that was a that was a tough loss. I mean, that UCF had a two touchdown lead late, uh, and you know, just you know, made some mistakes, and uh, Navy took advantage of them. But I, I don't think so because that's I mean, that's a tough conference game. You're playing at Navy. I mean, it's a tough place to play. Uh, certainly, they expected to win, but uh, you know, this league's tough. So uh, I'm sure that they'll be they'll be motivated this week. Uh, I'm sure they're excited to be back at home. Uh, you know, they've, like I said, they've got a lot of experienced guys. They've got a lot of talent. Um, you know, they'll, they'll they'll be ready to go. So we've got a huge challenge on Saturday. All right, Mike Houston there, UCF trying to bounce back after a loss. Uh, Pirates trying to keep it going and win four in a row. And Mike Houston was asked how he keeps up the the good play and the win streak going on Saturday. Cut four. Well, we you know we we got to prepare to go play a, a good ball game. That's it. The, none of that other stuff matters. I mean, we're, we're excited we got the win on Saturday. We're excited we're 1-0. That's done. You know, we've got a huge game this Saturday. Uh, we've got to have a great practice this afternoon. You know, that's really the only focus I have right now is having a great Tuesday practice. We're, you know, full pads. And, you know, we've got, to, we've got to get our work done, you know, our heavy, heavy contact stuff done today and tomorrow. Uh, and just mentally just preparing our guys for how we've got to play Saturday. All right, uh, East Carolina coming off their best performance of the season, maybe their best in the Mike Houston era, right up there with SMU to finish last season. And uh, he talked more about that performance against Tulane. Cut five, Charlie. That game Saturday is the first game since I've been here that we look like the team that I want to be. And that's the film confirmed it. We were extremely physical up front, both sides of the football. Uh, Love the way our DBs and linebackers ran and hit. Um, just, just love the play of the offensive line. Uh, I thought Holton was very composed in the pocket. I thought we protected him in the pocket. I thought we had guys that made plays around him. Uh, you know, special teams. I thought our kickoff team, you know, really set the tone for a lot of things on Saturday. The way we covered kicks, the way we were hitting on on, on special teams. Uh, you know, forced a turnover on uh, with the punt team. Uh, so just, uh, you know, very pleased the way our team played. Now, we want to build on that. You know, consistency. Can we do it again? Can we play that way and, and correct some things we did wrong uh, and play just a little bit better this week? I mean, I think that's the challenge because, you know, that's if you play that, if you play the way we did in, in all three phases last week, if you play that way week in and week out, you know, you're going to have a shot every weekend. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the whole deal. You know, go in, you know, ready to play each week. Uh, it's a tough conference, so you, you can't look past anybody, you can't look behind you. It's just 1 0 each week. That's got to be the focus. Trying to go one and zero each week. All right, uh, Mike Houston was asked by Stephen Igo. We heard last week the practices were physical. They went a lot of one on one, good on good. And Igo asked how you balance keeping up that physicality of practice, the hitting, the contact, all that, but also not wearing the guys down uh, before they go out and take the field on Saturday. And still a long season ahead. Uh, it's a tough balance, and Mike Houston talked about that balance. It's a fine line, but I think that you have to do it in, in kind of segments. You know, you you got to have some good on good because you, you get the speed from that. Um, you got to you, you got to have the physicality and competition with the O line and D line because that's that's how you're going to be sharp on Saturday. But again, you know, it it is a long season. Um, but I think you know, you you look at what you know each program kind of looks at what they hang their hat on. You know, what, what's your strengths? You know, what's, what gives you the best chance to win on game day? And ours has to be playing our freaking tails off, 
playing with physicality, playing with great effort, you know, playing together, high execution. It has to be. That's that's the way that's the way we're going to win. And so, you know, if we want to play like that on Saturday, you know, we've got to prepare like that. And finally, let's hear Mike Houston talk about the number one rated cornerback in the country uh, for PFF and what they do with the analytics and, and numbers and, and all of that stuff. Jaquan McMillan, East Carolina cornerback. What a run he's on of interceptions. He talked about his play. Well, I mean, you just look at him, period. If you start asking him about any of that stuff, he is going to focus on one thing, the team, winning. You know, how, how can I help my teammates play well? You know, doing my part. And that's how he sees all that. You know, he's, not, he's not all about Jaquan McMillan. I mean, he's, he's about the ECU Pirates. I mean, I watch him in the leadership council. We have a large group in the leadership council this year. And, you know, anything that comes up that is, you know, not team-centered. Uh, I mean, he, Keaton, you know, Roger, all those guys, they just chop it down. I mean, they, they are focused on our team. And that's, uh, you know, it's refreshing to have guys like that, especially one that, that is playing so well and is doing so many things. But, you know, he has worked very, very hard. You know, I thought he had a good year last year, but I think he's worked very, very hard. I think he's playing really, really well right now. And, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know what all his stats are, but, I mean, he, he's putting together a really, really solid year and just the way he competes and plays. I mean, some of the hits he made on some of the screens and short passes on Saturday and then, you know, the play he made on the interception, which he kind of baited the quarterback a little bit, and you know, it looked like it was there. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's sitting there waiting on him to make that throw and uh, makes the play. So hey, he's just a savvy, tough, hard-nosed kid that uh, I'm, I'm glad he plays for us. We all are, for sure. There is Mike Houston on Jaquan McMillan. Got more Mike Houston coming up on Wednesday. Got the uh, coordinators interviews going on Wednesday after Pirate Radio Live, so those will be available on our uh, YouTube to watch in their entirety, and we'll have the audio uh, of that for you Thursday on PRL. Let's take a time out. Come back, wrap her up, when we return after the year. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was up 311 points at 34,314. The NASDAQ was up 178 points at 14,433. And uh, the S&P was up 45 at 4,345. That's a look at your uh, Wells Fargo Advisors uh, financial report for a personal look into investing Call 756-6900 in Greenville, Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. And taking a quick look at your uh, Buck scoreboard, it is the only game in town. It is the Red Sox hosting the Yankees at 8 o'clock. I am going to kill this music because he is killing me right now. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard. Get, 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 get. 
Anyway, so the Buccaneer Music Hall is your beacon of music in the land of the pirates in eastern North Carolina. The Buccaneer Music Hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And, of course, uh, where am I? Oh, during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. We'll see you at the Buck. Now, back to you, Clip. Da Buck. Da Buck. Great Tuesday show. Strong finish. And we will see you back here Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.